When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 363 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by my mainest man from the basement, from the gloom tomb, the greatest podcast studio in wrestling, Willie Saylor. What's going on, buddy? Gloom tomb. I don't I'm ready to go here. He's ready, to, ready go. to go here. NCAAs, in case you missed it, were last weekend, and I'm pumped about it. I see why am I. NCAAs just happened. To my left, we got Danny Roy Lobdell Jr. across the way with the Eagle and the Bronco, provided by one Casey Kreider, the Pro Bowler, who I met for the first time. That was awesome. Stephen Kyle Brackey. And how awesome was he? He's great. It's a man. We had lunch with him, and it was a great time, him and his father. That would be awesome. He told some hilarious stories. Classic NFL stories. Okay. Um, So I want to start the show real quick. Something kind of sad, but I figure you guys would want to know about this, and and I know the wrestling community comes and and helps our own really well. Michael Sprague, American University wrestler, lost his father just – Shortly, he was at NCAA's, his father, and he passed away suddenly on Thursday. And just obviously a, a devastating day for, for Michael. And, you know, he lost his mother nine years prior. And now, you know, he's a college student with, without either of his parents. So obviously a, a horrible situation and not, the, not a great way to start the show. But there's a, we're going to put the, the GoFundMe for, for Michael in uh in the minutes here and i know bracky retweeted the gofundme yesterday so uh anything you want to do feel compelled to help out michael uh would encourage you to do so because you know now he's a guy no parents and and probably really dealing with something really tough right now it's uh it's kind of been unfortunate this year with some of the the different things that the rest of communities had to go through we've we've had to start the show with richard perry we've had to start the show with willie mix's father with uh, Michael Sprague's father, Coach with Smith. Coach Smith's father, with uh, Ty Smith, the, the Drexel wrestler. Uh, so we've been trying to, to get these, you know, GoFundMe's out and these memorial pages out. And um, again, just any way you guys can help, please do. Yusuf Hamida too lost his uh, lost his grandfather and his mother within like a two week span. Mm-hmm. Um, so some prayers to all those guys. Absolutely. Now. With that said, we've got a lot to get into because NCAs were a doozy, a humdinger, and uh, unfortunately, the um, the brain trust rules makers made themselves really the, the the subject of so much of the 
discussion here between poorly written rules and, and bad calls. That seemed like what we were focused on so much of the time from bad stall calls with Stoll Paris to DeSanto Pletcher um, to the, you know, the hands to the face calls to um, questionable takedowns or in, inconsistent takedown calls with Nolf versus Hiley versus DeSanto Pletcher. It seemed like that was what was discussed so much time, even in the finals where we're, we're, we've got coaches throwing challenge bricks asking for hands to the face because this became a point of emphasis and became a free point that everyone's now coveting, right? And as a result, that is what's being talked about in our sport instead of the, the great wrestling that's happening. And the really sad thing is how coaches are now focused on these points and earning these points, these fake points, I'll call them fake. It shouldn't even be a thing. Shouldn't be a thing. I mean, they, the, the, the officials turned it into a thing. The officials turned hands to the face into a thing. It they was never it, a problem before. Never a problem. And now it's other a, than, yeah. No, go other ahead. Other than, you know, other than when there was serious, serious, you know, repeated use of it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if maybe certain coaches or like, 60 of the 75 coaches went to the officials and said, Zane Rutherford puts off. Okay, maybe that was it. But there was no problem with hands to the face other than that. And now it is an interloper into every single match. It is, it's a complete distraction. I mean, it, it, it's, it's snuck its way into every single match. Where it's now like a standard thing. Okay, you got takedowns, you got reversals, you got hands to the face, you got near fall. No, no, it should be a rarity. Absolute rarity, and and they did they ignored their own points of emphasis. The point of emphasis was like it needs to be intentional and clear and what. And first of all, that's a stupidly worded thing, intentional, because now you're asking the officials to measure or or figure out what intent is. And with Alec Pantelio's hands to the face, it was borderline at best, borderline over the eyes, borderline. And that's when you're going to insert yourself in the NCAA quarterfinals in in a match where he has a one point lead. You're going to send that match into overtime. You're you the side ref, the side ref who spends their whole time with their hands in their pockets not helping out at all this is the time that the the side official is going to get involved and call a hands to the face that's the exact opposite of of your purpose okay you should be looking for anything else and you know the rules let's be clear (laughs) and the officials you know will inevitably say you know, flow just like it's it's not the, why don't you pick up the butt? Why don't you put on the stripes? Listen, I didn't sign up for it. You signed up for it. Make the appropriate freaking calls. Okay. So the officials, the, the reason the rules are the way they are is because the officials don't want to be put in the spot. The officials don't want to call stalling. That's why there's these stupid edge warning calls and on down the line. So they want everything written. They don't want to be a point of emphasis. They don't want to step in. But they do want to step in on a hands to the face that's borderline, that's on, that's a typical I rush and tie you, I post on the I post on the head. That's when you want to make your presence felt to yeah. cause a match to go to overtime. And they, and they want to and, and they love to make their presence felt in the third period. And I'm sorry, I watched Dayton Fix and and Mark Hall uh, evade early action. I, I watched Mark Hall especially, right? He he was evading, and Zahid was all over him, and they wouldn't hit him. 
They would not hit him, would not hit him, would not hit him. And then Zahid gets the lead, and we, we can talk about that takedown that Zahid got because that is, I mean, that is certainly questionable as well. But, um, you know, and now Zahid gets a lead, and then now he, for a minute, 30 seconds, is evading, and now all of a sudden it, it, it's stalling, and they're going to call him for it. I, I, I just thought they made themselves the subject of this. They made themselves um, – Part, I mean, you look at the questions we get. That's that's what people are fired up about. We're sitting there on the front row. We got coaches coming to us saying, you've got to talk about this. This needs to be discussed. So it's not just something that we're fired up about. Division One head coaches are, are fired up about it. The, you guys back at home are... Look at, look, at the, look at the rule we're discussing. We're discussing, we're discussing edge stalling. We're discussing hands to the face. We're discussing... All the things that we're discussing are the things that they implement, uh, the, 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 um, the danger rule. These are all things that they implemented in the last three or four years. Well, and I mean, they wanted to go to these changes, and they still don't have it figured out. And it's 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 uh, the the word that comes to mind is self-inflicted. They wrote a dumb rule that the moment Willie and I read it, we said this rule, this edge rule is so stupid. And for years, it's been showing itself how stupid it is, how inconsistently it's called. Even in the same match, same exact match, same ex things happens with the same wrestlers, and they'll call it differently. How are you supposed to? How are you supposed to uh, strategize if you don't even know? At certain points in the match, how an official is going to interpret something? One, two, this, the hands of the face was is totally self-inflicted. Okay, and now the edge stalls. Um, I actually I like that there's some edge um, punishment, but not when it's inconsistently written. I actually really like the danger rule, and I think the danger rule is great. But they forget to start counting. They don't count. Yes. You watch watch Jaden Yanni. The, everyone wants to say the Jaden Yanni takedown it was controversial. I counted. He was 90 or, or lower for seven seconds, but he didn't start counting until like the last three when he was like basically broken 45, Jaden Ironman. We'll go back. I'll, I'll post that on, on Twitter, but it, it was it, it was horrible. And, um, you know, it has it been has it been the three consecutive years in a row? Has it what three years ago they implemented the boundary rules or was that four? It might be four now. I'm not sure. Two, the time it flies. Two years ago. Two years ago was the danger rule. This year was ace, and that's all we're talking about. I mean, that that those rules stole the show, especially yeah. in the first half of the finals. Yeah, yeah, no question. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll probably get back to some of that stuff a little bit. You know, the 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 Nolf Hydley no takedown versus the the Pletcher DeSanto takedown is just like I think we do need to talk about this, right? Because Chuck Barbie, who's one of the head NCAA official rules interpreter guys, said that basically um, the term reaction time, which I think reaction time should be completely eliminated because it is this nebulous, undefinable thing, right? How, how do you know what reaction time is, right? Because Dayton Hiley didn't have reaction time and, and Luke Pletcher did. Why? Because it is up to the official's discretion. Okay. It's what does that mean? It's literally in the rule book that way. It's like it's like you know. So literally, you have a rule that 
any that is completely varied by every other official's personal opinion of who they maybe want to win or who they what they maybe view reaction time. So okay, I have ref number sixteen. Um, I know his reaction time meter is half a second, but oh, I have official three. Well, he's just a quarter of a second, so I don't have to plan him. Oh, official twenty-two. Just when the hand touches, he gives a two. So reaction time is not defined in any way, shape, or form. And unfortunately it for him, says in the rule book. Yeah. It literally says in the rule book, guys, find another rule in any sport that says this. Reaction time is at the discretion of each official. <laughs> what does okay. that mean? What does that mean? I mean, it's 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 horrible. Um it's like spotting the football. <clears throat> yeah. It's like, eh. I mean thirty Christian, thirty-one. Uh, me and Christian sitting there discussing it and you know, he was like, Christian would make a point, and then I would say, I don't know, it was this. And it got to the point where I was like, you know what? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what a takedown is anymore. I don't know what beyond re reaction time. I, I don't, maybe I don't know what stalling is. I Like, I, they got me second-guessing everything. I know what looks like a takedown. I, I mean, I see something that looks like a takedown. But then I think about this reaction time stuff, and officials try to explain it to me, uh, and then it gets me second guessing. I don't know. All I know is I know what looks like a takedown. I know what a takedown is. Beyond, but with the definitions, I don't know. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I I think, you know, a lot of people may not like this, but you know what's a lot easier, and I know they mess it up sometimes, but the UWW freestyle takedown rule is very clear. You got to pass all the way behind. Okay, and you got to have the three points down. It's very simple. This thing, I mean, looking at Zahid Mark's <laughs> takedown, he kind of has both legs. He's kind of around the side. He's kind of behind. I'm like, I don't know if it is or if it isn't. It's so... It also removes a lot of the reaction time because you can have your hands down and fight from quad pod. Yeah, there's not... So there's a lot, there's a lot more... It's a lot more definitive because it's like, okay, well, my hands are down, but I'm still on my toes, so I'm okay. And so there's no like my hands touch and then I go to I go to break the clasp. So it I think the I think the main import of that and you know some people accuse us of wanting to move to freestyle. So I don't, I don't want to move to freestyle. In fact, I don't I don't want to I don't want to push out rule. But the the main point of Christian saying or saying that or Irving that is at least they have a clearly defined thing. Yeah. Give us something definitive. Okay, um, I think we should. Um, should we go weight by weight and just kind of talk about the story of the story of each weight class? Um, what was interesting? Yeah, starting yeah. at starting at 125 pounds, uh, I tweeted it and I'll say it. Done. I'm done picking against Spencer Lee. Yep. Not gonna do that one again. Um, clearly, the guy just turns it on, but when he's got to turn it on, I to me, maybe this is wrong. Um, but I re I read this as or view this him just being able to be like poof I'm the I'm the best and I'm way better than everyone he wasn't in a competitive match the entire time there was, there was no competitive mm -hmm. matches right um, I mean we were hearing even through Big Tens this illness this thing this 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 that it's clearly fine he just ramped it up when he had to win and he won no problem right um, so he's the best guy. And it's kind of what we said after Midlands, right? After Midlands, we we're like, okay, yeah, he lost to Seabass, but uh, none of us changed our picks except for Nomad. And then he lost a pitch and I was like, no, okay, that's it. I'm not picking him because 
this is different, right? This is a little different. It, now we're seeing it extended. We're not seeing that super freak Spencer Lee. And then he has Big Tens where he looks good and he kind of dominates Russell, but he's not turning him. A guy he tech falled the year before. And then he loses to Seabass and he kind of faded at the end, even though he probably should have won because that wasn't an escape or whatever. We won't get into that. And I'm still like, he's not all the way back. I don't think he's running this gauntlet. I don't think he can beat Pitch in the semis. And then he pins Sean Russell and I was like, oh boy. And then he gets the takedown against Pitch and you're like, this is, this is over. And, and I had the same feeling... Uh, watching Zahid because I think all of us who did any of us pick Zahid to win NCAAs? Nope, we all picked Mark. And I, we had there was a clear consensus after we watched that semi, we're like, we messed up. Zahid's winning this. We all were yeah. like, oh, geez. But at the same time, same with Spencer, same with Zahid. At no point this year had we seen those individuals. At no point did we see next level Zahid. And at no point did we see that super freak Spencer Lee against elite competition. We never saw them do that. So I don't feel like, oh, wow, I'm so stupid for, for picking that. Maybe a little bit. Uh, I am stupid, but I don't think I'm stupid for picking against Spencer and Zahid when all they showed us all year long was what they weren't, is that they weren't what they were the year prior, right? But sure enough, they were clearly the best two guys. Now, maybe it was Zahid and Mark is a little closer than that. Um, but still, you know, we... Things can change, and guys can just raise their level at NCAs, and that can't be uh, discounted. So beyond that, at, at 125, which is really – I mean, the first two weights were so fun. Um, but, you know, Jack Mueller, how about him? His run to the finals, taking out Bresser and dominating Sebastian Rivera. It was, it was outstanding. Willie, some of, your, some of your takeaways from 125. Well, I thought, um, you know, while Spencer cruised – I do still think there's another level to him that he hasn't gotten back to yet, which is how scary is that? Yeah. Um, feel that way too. I mean, I felt like he dominated. He, um, there was no question, you know, it wasn't like, uh, there was any controversy or anything. I mean, he smoked everybody, but I still felt like in certain positions, the optimized Spencer finishes that takedown or this or that, you know, or mm -hmm. gets a turn here or something. So I think that's really scary. Um, I think he did have to work his way back from something. Um, what it was, I don't know, but he's back and uh, I'm interested to see him in, in freestyle. Um, well, that's my yeah, question. Yeah. Are you hearing anything about that? Because he, he looked he looked better a year ago and did not wrestle freestyle. I mean, that guy was I know. was absolutely murdering everyone. Uh, at NCAs, and then he just stopped. He didn't wrestle, so I don't. I don't know why well, we would expect him to wrestle freestyle. I don't know what's different year over year. Well, he had in the post-match interview, and it was very like interesting. I don't know what to take away from it, but he said, "He said, what's next for you?" He said, "He said summer wrestling, which means freestyle. We'll see how that goes." Yeah, I don't uh, know what that means. You know what that means? Um, yeah. Uh, Takeaways on the rest of the, um, I you know it was fun, but a lot of it was not earth shattering. I mean, I think we all we all were re really impressed by Mueller in his matches um, against guys that shined all all year long. I, you know, Bresser had a close one with with Rivera, but Mueller was the one guy that we didn't have a gauge on really. 
He didn't wrestle anybody this year. And that's the other thing. That's why I don't feel like, oh, wow, I should have seen sleeping on Mueller. No one slept on Jack Mueller. It's like, how how would we know? It's not like he, he, he made the semis as a true freshman. He DMP'd last year. And then his only win was over Sean Foz, who, by the way, did not place. So yeah. uh, we, no one slept on him. We had no idea. I mean, everyone knew he was good. I don't think anyone here had him to not place. Right. But it, And we acknowledged he was a wild card. But no one I, – I don't think anyone was like, okay, we really doubted him. It's just like, well, we don't really exactly know, Jack. And, uh, man, he, he showed out and did a good – I mean, what was interesting, and I think this this speaks to, like, maybe the level of freakiness of Spencer Lee. He had that cross-face cradle locked up for a while, right? He had it locked up for a while, and he didn't even attempt to take him over. I don't know if he felt some something strange. I would love to talk with Jack and be like, what was it like after he locked up that cradle that – you didn't, because you know sometimes guys will like jump sides and bump into the hip. I mean, mm-hmm. but he didn't even consider that. So I found that really interesting. Um, but yeah, great run by Jack Mueller. I think most of us had seven of the eight All Americans right. Um, Rayvon yeah. Foley being the one that and I, I snuck th- in, and he was like the nine. Well, yeah, I feel like we all kind of had Rayvon as right that like number nine guy in round twelve, and you know he had taken two losses at the end of the year. He med forfeited out of Big Ten, so we're like. It, you of course. Know, if he's not 100%, how can you pick him? Um, yeah, I'm with you on, on Mueller. Like, I, I had all kinds of conversations with people. I was like, it's not that I don't think he can win. I just, I've seen more of the other guys. And, you yeah. know, I, I, I want to get that freaking ACC deal so I can watch more of these guys during the year. Um, I, I'm just going to say, like, I don't feel bad about any of my picks. I don't feel bad about picking Sebastian. I don't feel bad about picking Pitch no. because, and, and, I, and I had this conversation 100 times this weekend. All we can do is base off what we see, right? We don't know how things are going in the room. We don't know how guys are, are peaking, right? And and so we're gonna, we're gonna get things wrong. With with Spencer, the the basic thing for me, it's it's kind of ironic. Like as much as we talked about him this year, I don't have much to say other than that that dude's just a freaking. He's he's a freak, and <laughs> maybe he's not the same freak that we thought he was gonna be. Like like four-time national champ and super incredible dominant all season mm-hmm. but like potential four-time national champ and super dominant at ncaa's like so that's so I, I started keeping track of this thing yeah, because I wanna, uh... spencer's just that level but like he got taken down 10 times this year which isn't a whole lot but that that's not super you know top absolutely. top 10 all all time guy level i want to uh next show or a, or a, a future show in the near in the near future go through each weight and who's coming back and this and that and see you know you would have to say that spencer's a prohibitive fate win his third um next year but you know we got to talk about olympic red shirts and this and that um but i i thought for now talking about the bracket itself i thought the story there was mueller which we discussed mm-hmm. and Ito. Ito jumped into that tier with this yeah. performance i mean he beat pitch um yeah, I mean, that, that to me is the one when you're looking at tiers and you're looking at um, level up, level down, I mm-hmm. think Vito level up. And competed with Rivera. I think he lost both times, but was in those matches, especially mm-hmm. the last one was really close. I mean, we, we really saw, we got a clear picture of kind of that 125 landscape, and that's that, that Gloria and Vito, two guys we said all year long, these guys are right there mm-hmm. and, and maybe could jump into that top tier. And they, I think they both are clearly tier one. I mean, Glory, 
and Rivera's match. It's, it's it's number one or number two on the site right now. Check it out. That was back and forth, and Glory jumped out to a two takedown lead, and Rivera had to storm back and get and get near fall and a late scramble to win that one. And then Vito was right there. So I think, man, the title conversation. While it's Spencer, maybe could be on an island. Rivera next year, Glory, Vito, pitches back. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's five absolute monsters that are going to be in the mix. And Mueller, you know, Mueller is sick. Yeah. I mean, what does Mueller do now? I mean. Well, we're in between for a long time, 25-33. Well, he can still redshirt if he wanted to, but I yeah. man, if I'm Jack Mueller, run it back. You want to go up go up into Soriano and Dayton and man, you just made the finals and you made a statement against Sebastian Rivera and, and Ronnie Bresser. I I'm I'm staying down and maybe it's on, on a Sean Foz like pitch count, but clearly he can handle the weight and and wrestle super effectively. And I don't know, you know, for UVA, what, what other options they really even have. I mean, clearly Louis Hayes, the Louis Hayes 125 era is no more. So I don't think they have a 125 recruit that, um, you know, waiting in the wings is quality. So I think if you're merely run it back 125 again yeah. and, and see what adjustments Great. you can make uh, for Spencer Lee. Well, it's funny you made that point about going through. I, I started, I got a jump last night. I did 125, 133, the tiers uh, that we did over the summer. So, um, oh, can't I, wait for those. I don't know. I don't know if we want to talk about, you know, next year or save them for later in the summer, but that's interesting. And then um, before we move on to 33, this was brought up by a couple different people to me before, and it just keeps going through my head. The one and the two have not made the finals at 125 since 2014. Wow. That's nuts. That is nuts. Neither the one or two or the one and two? But both. Neither the one nor the two. Every there finalist been has been three or lower or since twenty fourteen. What? Yes. Well, I thought you were no. just saying I thought you were just saying a one and two have never hit in the finals since twenty fourteen. The one seed and two seed have not made the finals at one. <laughs> right. The the easier way to say is every every finalist at one twenty five since twenty fourteen has been three or lower. That's amazing. That yeah. That was Spencer's master plan all along. He knew. Since he 2014? Knew. Yeah, when it was that. Delgado, Nico maybe, I bet you there's a, or Nishan, Nishan. Yeah. I bet you there's a sample size. I, I mean, I bet you even going back farther, you, you have this similar results. That's just really strange. Now that I think about it. Any, uh, Kyle Brackey. Yeah. What's up, man? What, give us some 25 nugs. Mm, you guys really nailed everything. Vito... Took a nice jump. Foley broke through for Michigan State. Um, Which is awesome. That glory looked awesome. Probably should have been in the third place match if he doesn't blow that lead. And then ended up losing to pitch when he was winning in the third period. But really impressive tournament from Pat Glory, too. Glory, uh, uh, Yeah. Did you think Glory looked really big? I thought he looked huge. I mean, it's a... Uh, when, we, when we do that show uh, about the future... Uh, next year, that's one thing I have is glory thirty three or twenty five next year. It's yeah. a. I mean, I talked to. I was just not investigating, but I'm just chewing the fat with uh, with Sean Gray. Mostly my fat, not his fat. He doesn't have much fat. No. Um, but he. I was talking to him. And I was like, Hey, what's the, what's the pool like for glory? I'm like thirty three next year, twenty five, and he's like, You know, it's a good pool, but he's disciplined and he does it, and then you know he's. He gets it done. Um, so I think it's sort of up in the air. So, yeah, so Glory is getting – he's pretty big, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I was telling CP this, you know, um, they're 33 this year, most of the year, Jonathan Gomez, he, he didn't qualify. They got Sean Pearson coming in, right? He just won Pennsylvania State's, wrestled at PWC. So, you know, it's going to be a matter of do they like their lineup better with, with Pearson and Glory? Do they feel Glory can place at, you know, that meat grinder of weight that brings back still a lot of guys, um, you know, and how much Gomez progresses over the summer. So just things to keep an eye on there in Princeton. Yeah, I think we, I, you know, every time I go through it and I'm looking at the placers and I'm looking at who's returning, there's so many moving parts with with good red shirts or true freshmen that are coming in and guys that could take red shirts or guys that could take Olympic. Like, let's just leave next year's talk to, uh, we, we got to sort out a lot of laundry. Yeah, mm-hmm. so let's go to 133 pounds um, where laundry was grabbed. Um Actually, I don't know. So, all right, I don't even know where we begin with this weight because it was um, drama. Oh yeah, I mean, it's the it it really delivered in terms of the drama in which we'd been discussing much of the much of the season. We had um, Pletcher makes it to the semis. He runs kind of a mini gauntlet there, beating Bridges and then Philippi falls to fix Dayton. um, Well, how about that? How about that Philippi Gomez 1-0 match? Gomez has a standing single oh, for like man. 30 seconds. That was a crazy one. And um, how about both of those guys not placing? I mean, Gomez certainly was realistic being the 13. But, you know, Philippi, after the year, he ha- had to go down. But that was like – it was known – I mean, it, it's almost like – it was going to happen to someone at this weight where a really good seed who had a really nice year was going to uh, struggle. And, and, you know, Mickey, he's, he's super good, but – when you play it close, when you play that game a lot, when you when you try to win a yeah. very specific way, yes, you're rolling the dice, and you got Roman Bravo Young as a super talent. You, it, it's a hard life to live, he, and he he it it didn't bite him against Gomez, but it bit him there in the round of twelve. And who knows what kind he, of he lost that match. RBY Mickey lost to RBY in the blood round in the mat right in front of us, and the look on Mickey's face when the final whistle blew. I mean, I wanted to curl up and cry for him. That was I mean, one he thing. He was heartbroken. Yeah, it was. Um, so you know, you have you you watch a lot of wrestling. You know these guys, and you have guys you kind of you know you sort of root for. You'd like to see do well, and you know just during the finals, you know you have guy. Oh, I'd like to see this guy win. A- every time, every time they uh, the losers for whatever reason were walked by us so much, I'd be like. I wish I could go back and make him the winner. Like, it just hurts to see these guys. Like, the look on Dayton Fix's face, I was like, oh, and not that Dayton deserved to win or whatever. It's just like, man, I don't want him to feel that. But, you know, if Soriano walked by and he lost, I'd probably feel the same way. Yeah. But it's just, it is right. really, it, it's a really tough thing to, to see. And we're not experiencing it, but just like that raw emotion uh, for the investment into it. But it's, you know, it's the sport, and there's only one winner in every single match, especially the seniors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, let, so Suriano <laughs> beats Lezak. Let's get to the final. Suriano beats Zach, and it was sort of um, like you said about Zahid earlier. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, okay, Zahid's on this level today. He's on his level this weekend. Like, so when Suriano did what he did and the way he did it to Lezak, I was like, okay, Suriano's feeling it, feeling like that this weekend. But he um, he he annihilated Lezak last time too. I know, but just I just eyeballing it to me. Yeah. I was you didn't you didn't think earlier like pre evening like okay, Seriano's clicking. Um, 
I mean, I thought, I thought he was, was clicking really at, offensive. I, yeah, I mean, I thought he was clicking at Big Tens, and I thought he was clicking against Lezak. Yeah, I don't know. It, it wasn't – that was your interpretation. Mine was like, all right, he's wrestling how he's been wrestling. But, yeah, he did look good in that match for sure. But I guess I, I, viewed um, it, I guess I viewed him differently than you did maybe coming into it, and that's probably – I thought he looked good at Big Tens. You know, you were there. You saw. You were up close. Uh, I wasn't, but um, at NCAA's, you know, I, I knew he was wrestling well at Big Tens. But at NCAA's, I'm like, he was really offensive, and it was. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know. I felt like this this version of Suryan is going to be tough for anybody to stop. And you know, he ultimately gets to the finals. He beats Michich, um mm-hmm. in a match that wasn't very. I don't know. I mean. Thoughts on Micic and Suriano? I don't think Micic really was ever terribly close to a to a takedown. Um, yeah, so so Nick, I mean, we said it. If Nick can figure out the finishes, he'll he'll win, right? Because he had many opportunities in the last one. And he figured out the finish, so he won. I looked at Suriano because again, we we talked about this before. The they had the match at Rutgers. To me, it looked like Suriano evolved a little bit this year. In terms of his his finishing, or maybe not evolved, but got better. What what he looked like yeah. he progressed in some way, and as the season went on, and that's when it was like, oh, okay, this is a little different guy. And for me, that that was what stuck out the most about, you know, I know you guys are arguing about what level he was at, but to me, it was like there was clear progression and evolution, and whatever we talked about the rules a whole bunch. To me, Suriano wrestled better for those three days than Dayton did. Yeah, I think that's unquestionable, and. Man, I guess we can just get to the final, right? Um, just get to the final. It was, I don't know. Um, th- there's there's like 10 stories in this. One, there is 10 stories. One, Oklahoma State cha- asked, just tried to get a hands of the face in the first period. That, that, that was a weird thing to me. I'm like, is that what we're, that's what, I was like, is that what we're focused on? Is that what they're, they're where their yeah. mind's at? Because yeah. I. I don't I don't get that because I don't think he I don't think Dayton needs that. I don't think you need to win that way. And more than anything, it didn't even happen. There wasn't even a hands to the well, face on, on Nick. It was so it was like so they're like approximating all right, this is close. Let's get it let's get our point. Let's use our brick here. And I, I thought that was um that that to me was like I can't believe they're doing that. Will what do you think? Especially Willie? with their latch. Well, I didn't understand it at all. One, it's like is that is that where you're going for it? Why are you going for that? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. If you combine it, first of all, Oklahoma State's challenge situation to me wasn't the best, most properly used. They One of their challenges, they lost in round one or round two round trying one. to get a major. Trying I mean, to get it was attack. a seven point. Oh, is that what it was? It was going from a major to attack, trying to get a near fall point or something like that. Yes. It's like you're trying to, you're only trying to pick up a half a point, and they lost the challenge for that. I mean, it's not worth it to go for a half a point. Uh, half a point max is your max benefit, and the the thing you can lose is so that was really strange. And then seeing them use a challenge for that, that was and like seeing that's them odd. use a challenge for. Uh oh, we might have lost Willie. He got so upset that that's it. It froze. He just can't even. He just can't even go on. All right. Well, maybe we'll get Willie back. Maybe not. We're having a little internet issue with him prior. Um, Should we talk to Bracky about Facebook? I bet they're completely. Well, no. I'll, let's talk. I know what I want to talk about. Okay. There's, there's plenty to talk about in this. We don't need to like shift to Facebook. Um. So, 
the challenge to me was super odd. I did not see it coming. Um, and fortunately, there was no call there. Um, and I wouldn't want to see a hands-to-face either way in that one. They trade escapes pretty quickly. No issue. But what was interesting and surprising to me, and I don't think this was the case at all in the duel, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Bracky, because I, I, I don't specifically remember, but when Dayton and Soriano wrestled in the duel, I don't remember there being this disparity in terms of controlling the center of the mat like we saw Soriano control the center of the mat and really be more... I don't want to use the word offensive so much because the word offensive... Uh, I don't think Soriano t- took like this glut of attacks like you see when Zahid is really on and he takes 9, 10 shots, right? wasn't like that. But he was definitely pursuing Dayton around the mat in a way I didn't remember from the duel. What did you remember no, about that, Bracky? The duel definitely wasn't like that. Um, Soriano took ground the entire time and you felt like he had Dayton on the ropes and like almost like the takedown was almost imminent. Um, mm-hmm. He had him biting on his fakes. Um, like a lot of it was Dayton like trying to circle back in you know what I mean like yeah Nick was just stalking and the duel was not like that the duel was a lot of them just in the middle of the mat hand fighting yeah exactly standing there and pushing on each other Um, so it looked like more urgency from Nick Dayton was still willing to to go to tiebreakers and was obviously comfortable going there and Nick did not want to and was trying to end it um, before then yeah I, I agree I don't I think I think Dayton maybe had the tiebreaker circled and thought that was going to be where he's going. I, I don't think he really w- was working for that regulation takedown. That I mean, if either of those guys get a takedown regulation, it's basically over. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and neither of them got it. So we get to sudden victory, and there's nothing really going on there. I think Dayton does get finally a stall warning. Now what's interesting is – Nick gets um, warned for stalling in the second or third whenever he was on top. And it was the same. It was just like DeSanto. And I, I really am surprised that there's not an internal clock in Nick Suriano's mind when guys get up to their feet because he doesn't just release or return quickly. He'll kind of hang there in the leg attack. And I, I don't understand why that guys will, when you know you're in a nip and tuck match like that, don't use your stall call there, especially like you're not going to ride Nick or Dayton fix for a minute and change. You're not going to. So why are you trying to get this right? I thought that was the one tactical error Suriano made. He's up to his feet. Save your stall warning because think about this. Save your stall warning for, for tiebreakers when, by the way, you got hit for stalling and you would have had the ride out mm-hmm. with the warning and I know that's kind of like, are you really thinking that far ahead? Because Nick Sarano is probably not thinking about how I'm going to win with a tiebreaker, tiebreaker stall, whatever, in the 30-30. But at the same time, that— You probably should think of it. You probably should because you know you're wrestling Dayton Fix, and how are you going to score on this guy? It's, you're probably going to have to win in a way that is, like, not super ideal. And certainly— and also, Yeah, go ahead. Also eyeball, like, also eyeball, too, and, like, letting the— the perception of the official, right? Because you have you have Dayton that's playing the edge, playing the edge, playing the edge, and you have this momentum. And then if you're, you know, climbing the leg, dropping down to the leg and climbing the leg, I mean, it lets it lets Dayton back in in the or could let Dayton back in in the mind of the official to leave mm-hmm. Dayton off the hook for the stalling. Yeah, I agree with that. So um, tactical error there by Suriano needs to probably adjust moving forward. Um, 
just because Dayton's going to be there next year, right? And Nick's going to be there next year, and it's probably going to be a similar story now, throw Gross in the mix, and we'll get into all that later. But um, so then sudden victory happens. Dayton gets warned for stalling at some point. Uh, I don't know if it was in sudden victory, but it was. Pretty sure it was sudden victory on their feet. It was, and then even late. So he got the warning maybe like 20 seconds left, now that I remember. And Nick kept pursuing, and there was a scenario where Dayton went out of bounds, and he was just able to circle back in. Because um, and I don't think they would have called it. I, I don't think their officials would have had the had the you know what's to, to raise their fist and, and decide it like that. And, and I would not want them to. That would be horrific. But um, it, it was close. Do you, I, there's do a God no man. I was just gonna say, do you feel like Dayton got? I don't know how to word this, but like too caught up in the game plan or yes the the like you were saying like like circled winning it in tiebreakers. Almost because he was like, I, I, I can't shoot on this guy because if I do, it's it's gonna come back to bite me. Which is which is the so odd because that is the last thing I ever think of when I think of like when I think of Dayton Fix, I think that you you can beat that dude, but you're gonna have to kill him and he's gonna go out there yep. and fight and compete. And that was the one time and, and not that he was like scared, but just like that he was trying to play the game a little more than I've ever seen Dayton wrestle. I think so too. I think yeah. I mean, it was evident. It was evident in his wrestling in that he was um, he wasn't looking for a shot. He was trying to stay in there and fight, but Soriano was pushing him to the edge. And then you compound that with an early hands to the face challenge. It's like those guys went in there with a game plan, thinking this is going to be super tight. We're going to win it late, and I think you nailed it. Yep. So we get to tiebreakers, which. Um... As I mentioned, Soriano gets the ride out, but he gives up the stall point. So basically, kind of all the same. The only thing he gets is um, the riding time, the 30 seconds or 29 point whatever uh, of riding time. Then it's Soriano's uh, turn. And it was interesting because he goes for, he kind of reached for the head, looking for the reversal. And it was almost like, man, huge mistake. And it seemed like it was. Dayton gets the boot in. He's got him flat. He's got the wrist, and they give him the stalemate. And I know this is something that me and Willie are going to strongly disagree with with each other on. Um, but my opinion on it is I see that in almost every tiebreaker. They always give that restart. They always give the guy a second shot. Now, you can argue. You could say the purpose in tiebreakers, they're called rideouts, and you're trying to ride the guy, so why are you giving a stalemate? You can say oh. that. You can say that, that that maybe is wrong, but I am telling you that is 100% consistent with how I see tiebreakers called. It is not, th- that stalemate is not an anomaly. That is how it is called, period. I, and that's I, not I get, arguable. I get what you're saying about giving. I get what you're saying about do you see that often, but in my opinion, that's probably one of the worst freaking judgment calls in all of the whole tournament and and you know you could have there's five calls in that match that are suspect but that restart was one of the poorest examples of refereeing in the whole freaking tournament you're you get a guy broken down you put the boots in he is buried that's what your job your job is to ride the guy out he is buried. There's no, there's no stalemate. There's no stop in action. Nick Soriano couldn't get up. That's Dayton's job, and he did that. And the referee said, "Nick, I'm going to give you another shot," and that's what happened. It wasn't, a, it wasn't. A t- I know what you're saying about a, a, a 
Sometimes they give a guy another shot, but not in that situation. That's one guy riding another guy. And that's uh, your job. That's what you're supposed time, to literally, do. In that situation. In that always. situation with a guy riding. Yes, it's a ride. 100%. That's what it's I said. It's a ride. That's what I no. said. Yes, they Show do. Me they do. Really, watch Show me an example of a guy that's riding. I, it happens okay, all the time. Show me an example if it happens all the time. We can find one. One nope. guy is, one guy is buried. I mean, that's See, just terrible. It happens ever, literally every. I mean, listen. You can argue the merits of whether you should give a guy a ride, but especially they weren't going anywhere. There were no points coming. He was flat on his belly, and he had the wrist. They weren't was, going he anywhere. That's and he was working. He wasn't working for a turn at any point. And they gave him a restart. And I've seen it so many times. I said it in the moment. This is what the way they, they call the it. Change the rules because the objective is the objective is to ride the guy. It's called ride outs. I've you see more egregious, boring, stalling top riding in regulation. I agree with that. You know, I agree completely. Second period, put me to sleep. Oh, I'm tired. In ride outs, when you're supposed to ride somebody out, they're gonna say, "Well, let's create some action here, guys. Free start for Suriano." Right. And dumb, and I'm not saying, and I'm not saying it's Suriano. I mean, I'm saying overall, if that's they're gonna clean that up. We've said long, we've we've said for ten years, overtime ride, overtime rideouts. The the rules are different. Oh um, yeah, whether it's dropping to a leg, it's it's gaming. It's all it's a, there's a lot of gaming. That's why the who's number one. I always the wrestle neutral. Uh, but I, I thought that was horrible. I mean, I, that's a that's a bailout. Yeah, I I don't disagree. But that's how it's called, and they were at least consistent there. And should they change how they do that? Yeah, potentially. But I'm, that's I'm a lot closer to to Willie than than you and Bracky on this uh, because number one, he wasn't flat on the mat. He was on his Suriano was on his head. Number two, he didn't have two legs in. He had one leg in, and Nick Nick was grabbing the other leg. So to me. That was a wrestling position as opposed to whatever I was talking about where uh, where Dayton had the double boots in during the DeSanto match, and everybody's like, he should have been hit for stalemate. I don't think – I hate when guys get hit for, for stalling when their guys are flat on the mat, but to me they were still wrestling. They were continuing to wrestle, and I, I'm kind of with you, Willie. It was closer to a bailout call than, than a, the traditional I mean, stalemate that, that Bracky and CP are used to talking about. What do you mean Closer. It was an absolute bailout. One guy's job is to bury the guy. He did that. Nick Suriano can't move. They're not going anywhere. But, but that's the thing, Willie. Isn't that, that the point? That's but, the point. I, I'm, I'm disagreeing with what you're saying. I'm agreeing with your premise, but I'm disagreeing with what you're saying because I'm he not, actually I'm was not, moving because he had the leg and he was on his head and he was in a tripod position. He was actually closer to well, getting out than, than just being flat one and stuck. Thing, one so, thing that is so, inarguable so about your point, Willie, is that there are different rules in tiebreaker. Because they are not stopping. 1,000%, if that is if there's two minutes on the clock when Dayton fixes on top and he's riding like that, they're not giving a stalemate there. So there's so, different rules. So there's different rules in the third period on neutral mm -hmm. from guys that are, if you have the lead, you're stalling. Yep. Okay, even if you work for five minutes, that's a fact. And I, I agree that they, they call it differently here, but it's consistent. They can, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I'm saying that is consistent with, I've, I've seen it. Thousands. It wasn't well, I some mean, like certainly insidious situation. Are subjective. Stalemates are a lot of times subjective. You know, sometimes the crowd yells for stalemate and it's, it's determined upon when the ref wants to call a stalemate. But I mean, in that situation, if you're talking about, um, 
I mean, the lesson is the lesson that Dayton shouldn't have ridden him so hard that Suriano looked like he couldn't go anywhere. I mean, is the lesson Dayton should have let him wiggle a little bit and then it wouldn't have been a stalemate? It, no, that's freaking st- stupid. So then we but get. But if he would have s- let, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we got it. So when we get to sudden victory, and this was, I mean, they're they're mixing it up. Dayton looks for his slide by. Um, Soriano ends up on the legs and finishes, but and, and then we see all, the entire uh, coaching staff and Dayton fix immediately gesture and pointing to the headgear for a headgear pull. Now here's here's uh, and I tweeted this. Oklahoma State had no more challenges. There were no more challenges. And if the officials saw a headgear pull, they should have called it, right? They should have just called it. That's one point. But they didn't see it, so they didn't call it. So how did they look at it again? Because what are you challenging? What are you looking at? Are you looking that if Nick Soriano had a takedown? Because that was very clearly had a takedown. So basically, in effect, you gave Oklahoma State an additional challenge because they yelled at you, right? Which is... Counter to what should have happened. They they got kind of, um, I don't want to say bullied into it because that makes it sound like Oklahoma State's bullied, but they got convinced to take a look at it, and that is a really, really bad look, and that official should not have looked at it, period. Because if you saw it, you just call it. But since you didn't see well, it, don't call it. What? Well, I, I – what? <laughs> well, I know you're going to – I know your angle here, so let's go. Let's my go. My angle? You don't know my angle. One, I want to go back one last thing about the ride out. There was eight seconds left. Dayton could have wrote him out, right? Yeah. He, I thought he had a bad start on that, but shouldn't have got to that anyway. Yeah. On the on the on the review thing, um, here's what I here's what I would say to that. I get that. That's why you have challenges, right? If the ref if the referee never looked at it. I wouldn't have said any. I wouldn't have said it is incumbent upon him. You know, I wouldn't have felt bad about it. Um, maybe they didn't deserve it. Maybe they. Maybe maybe that's why Oklahoma State should not challenge for a half point in round one. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why they shouldn't challenge hands to the face in period one. But ultimately, if you're in, if you're a referee in the NCAA finals, and don't you want to just get it right? Um, well, to that I so, say, to that I say, Willie, Nick, Nick hands were inside the headgear. It was clear. Now, I'm not saying it should have been a point. No, but what I'm did they? About, I, I, I'm just no, talking but listen, about but listen, two, Willie, they looked at it and saw it. it and didn't didn't call it. So I don't know what they were looking no, no, okay, for. Okay, that's a that's a separate issue. I, I think that's a separate fact. I'm just talking about the the decision to review it or not, right? If they don't review it, if they don't review it, I don't really – on one hand, you can't blame them because Oklahoma State used up their challenges. If they do review it, then get it right. And It is – there's video. It's on video. It's black and white, right? I mean, what do you think about the headgear pool itself, Christian? Well, I mean, there's, there's the comment of, you know, it, it has to be incidental, et cetera. Um, did he intentionally Who do it? Who said that? No, man. Sorry, I was like exaggerating the, and I smacked Mike. So he hit the mic. Um, well, no, it has to be, you know, incidental contact. It's almost like hands to the face, right? Where like it has to be clear and it has to be, 
the, the crazy here's the thing that no one's talking about enough Dayton stopped wrestling I couldn't believe it that was the when point I was saw it live much. when when I saw the takedown and I saw them do that I thought in my mind because we're kind of far away you can't see all the details you think man maybe he really for him to get in that clean maybe he had the headgear like Zahid and and just pulled into a nice takedown and that was why he scored he had Soriano's wrist with his right hand right hand I think and when he pulled his headgear he let go and pointed up at his headgear which enabled Nick to shoot in and take him down he would not have gotten a takedown otherwise. If he continued to wrestle, I strongly, I, I don't believe Nick would have been able to take him down. Certainly not so easy. Dayton stopped wrestling and gave up a takedown. Yes, the the headgear thing happened, right? Should they get in there and say, Dayton Fix, you're the national champion because we challenged something that shouldn't have been reviewed and someone touched your headgear and you decided to stop wrestling and he took you down? I Maybe they decide they didn't want to do that. That's the thing. <laughs> Well, to me, it comes down to, uh, th- look, I don't want to bash officials, but I've been saying it for how long? They don't have, they don't have the balls to call what they need to call in the big moments. And, the, and the, it's black and white. Suriana pulled the headgear. I mean, it, there's video. He pulled the headgear. Now, whether, whether that stopped like Dayton from scoring the takedown is one thing. And I don't want to see – I don't want to see – anybody win a winner determined on a pulled headgear i mean if i had in a perfect world if they just had willie you okay willie you're so smart you decide that situation i don't want one guy winning on that right if it was up to me they would be blown off they go back to neutral but you ha- the rule is that you have to call a point if somebody grabs the headgear and they reviewed it and there was clearly a headgear pull i don't know how you get away from those facts I don't know how you review it, watch that video, and say, no, there was no headgear pool. It I clearly mean, worked for Suriano. It clearly, it clearly, it clearly what? It clearly worked for Suriano. Like, go, go, the video we have on our site, go to like the 250 mark. Dayton tries to hit the slide by, which we, we talked about it kind 100%. of how he, he, he wasn't hitting the slide by as much. Tries to hit the slide by. Nick immediately goes like this. And then to Christian's point about him, stop wrestling. They're they're fighting they're fighting they're fighting then all of a sudden Nick shoots and right as right when Dayton like puts his hand up to be like dude get off my headgear that was when he got driven into the mat so like yeah it worked I, for Suriana so what? it's almost like well doesn't that kind of imply that then he did like it it was a headgear pull because it it was so it it, no, 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 it affected the other guy so much that he was like get off my headgear. No, you don't have to imply. You don't have to imply. There's video there. The, the, the headgear comes away from his head and down. I mean, it's pulled. I don't, it's, you, don't need, you don't need to imply anything. It's clear as day on the video. Well, I mean, what you could argue is that, well, if Dayton stopped wrestling, didn't stop wrestling, Nick wouldn't have been able to score. Okay, but I think it's very clear that the headgear pull influenced the ability of Dayton to go behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Can't stop wrestling, though, and just, like, ex- expect that call. Well, I, who said that? I didn't say that. I didn't. It's exactly what I just said, actually. Okay, Dayton, don't stop no. wrestling. But at the same time, you don't think, you don't think that that influenced the, the, t- the possible go-behind from Dayton? I mean, clear, sure it did. Yeah, it was a... Uh... 
pretty dumb way. But, I mean, you want to talk about following the rules, why are they looking at it? That's that's outside of the rules. They shouldn't just look at it because they get yelled at. I said I said uh, to you guys, uh, okay. sitting down there, when they were looking at it, I was like, if that was anyone else in that corner, did they, did they convince the officials to look at it? No way. Sure. Well, maybe, KL, maybe. I mean, there's, there's you know, like maybe There's the like brands. three schools. Yeah. Sure. And listen, if they don't look at that, if they don't look at the video, I don't blame them. But they did. And then they lied to America and said, no, there was nothing there. Just America? How can you look at that? What do they look at that? What what, uh, video do they look at? Is it just the mat side camera? Because the mat side camera is different than the ESPN feed. Like, do they have the ESPN feed? Because I'm pretty sure the mat side camera is on the other side of the mat and would not have caught the headgear pull. Like it's, it was on the opposite side of the body from where the headgear pull happened. Mm. I want to read the headgear rule. Brock Height, I'm sure you're listening if you're not at a blackjack table. Also, we should talk about how they, uh, the NCAA rule people like put up the, or asked the coaches where they wanted to get rid of headgear. They voted yes, like it passed. And then the NCAA safeguard came in and was like, no, you have to wear headgear. Because they're, they're cowards. They know that the headgear doesn't promote head safety in any way, shape, or form. But they don't want to do what. it because anything that, that shows the illusion of getting away from a p- piece of safety equipment, they can't do that. Yeah, I'll tell you another thing. <laughs> they, want head, they, they, they want headgear because uh, oh, it protects. does it protect the head. You're so much in the safety. Then get rid of those styrofoam lightweight mats that should be outlawed because it's like wrestling on concrete. Yeah, those are. Get out, get out of here with that stuff. All right, someone send us the, the rule real quick while we're doing the show. All right, that's 133, Nick Soriano, your champion. Um, like it or not, Willie. 141. What, what does that mean? No, I mean, what come is that on. To you know what it means. It means, it means what does what it mean? mean? It means. I still think, based on how they wrestled that Dad, weekend, the no, quote unquote better guy won. I think you picked Dayton to win, right? So I picked Dayton to win, so that means. What, why throw that stupid dig in there instead of debating the merits of my argument? No, we did. I think we don't agree on those okay. on the merits. We we don't agree. We don't agree on the merits of the stalemate, or we don't agree on the merits of the review. We don't agree on the stalemate. Um, although, actually, I think we agree somewhat. Uh, <laughs> we agree a little bit. That I think we all agree. It probably shouldn't be called, but that's the way they do call it in tiebreakers. Yeah, we agree that they call it different than. A normal match like in the second or third period yeah all right uh 141 not as much well actually yeah there's, there's, <laughs> okay there's not as much to talk not about. as much to talk about but wait actually there is because the ncaa finals were sort of sort of controversial again um <laughs> all right so i already talked about the Jaden. willie's mad about the they don't count the neutral danger zone and he's absolutely right i don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit willie but it's driving me nuts i mean i just don't think <laughs> there, there again i guess there's some kind of reaction time that's subjective to each official i mean i just think if there's going to be there's there's this danger rule you have it in place why do you wait for a half hour before you start the clock is there are the officials like does it take a second to register with them? Oh yeah, there's this danger rule we have to count. Um, yeah. Because I've yes, seen it so forget. many times. I think they, they forget. Is that what? I think they forget because everybody. There was a lot of people, you know, mostly Penn State fans arguing about the Shakur Rashid, uh, the Dakota Gear one. 
Oh, uh, there was only uh, there, they didn't swipe. You know, they didn't swipe. He was in danger for longer than what the guy was swiping. So I don't care about that. It's just they don't they don't get down there in time. I think it's a protractor issue. Like literally, I don't. I think the ninety degree thing. What I wouldn't I wouldn't have said that before. And then when I saw a point of emphasis was reminding that yeah. near fall was forty five degrees, I almost I almost vomited. I was so scared. I'm like, they're reminding officials that it's 45 degrees for near fall? That's a point of emphasis for officials? Eight-year-olds know 45 degrees. Can confirm was in the room yeah. when CP gave that to us and was like, what is, how is this happening? Yeah, that was funny. They reminded them, that, I mean, why didn't they have, hey, takedowns are two. I mean, that's a, it's about as obvious as that. <laughs> takedowns, uh, escapes are one. We're gonna go three, two, two for regulation. I mean, they, that was written in, the problem is, and, and I do see some times where like near fall are given or not given. And I'm like, that's not 45, but that is 45, but they're not sweat. What's happening right now? They don't know the thing, but you know, judgment and you know, maybe the angles and whatever. Okay. But now I'm like, all those things I saw, I'm like, wait, they don't know it's 45. They might not know. They might not know. And so now we're throwing the 90 because 90 is not 45. It's actually a lot easier to get. But it's actually also easier to recognize too, because it's like straight up and down or slightly over is ninety or less, right? But they're missing the, they're missing that too. The one with Jade and, and Yachty, I at first I was like, that is terrible, but then I, I watched it and I thought that was actually good, right? You thought that was good. You, he was ninety or there. less for seven seconds. Jaden was. He was on his back. Now, fair fair enough, he didn't hear the count. And when he heard the count, he reacted. And that's another issue. But if you watch that, Jaden is 90 or less for, for seven straight seconds. Undeniable. No, there was no there was one. Wasn't there one that Jaden should have got? Jaden had Yanni in danger? Um, I went that's back and rewatched it. I didn't I didn't see it. I don't know. There was, yeah, there about. was one. There was one that in real time I thought for sure Yanni or Yanni was exposed long enough and Jaden should have got points. Hmm. And I was like, that's bad. And then I went back and watched it and it was it was good. No man, you know what I'm which one I'm talking about? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't either. Um so now Jaden uh, Cox was tweeting about it too, but Well, I thought he was tweeting Jayden about Jaden was tweeting about the last takedown. He was tweeting about the last takedown because mm -hmm. 100% the last swipe came when Jaden was not in criteria, but I never saw a, a scenario where Yanni was on his back for three seconds or uh, or more or break on 90. So let's get to the final though. McKenna beats Lee. Uh, no man and I were wrong there. Um, and and McKenna, oh. looked, McKenna looked really good. And well, there's a couple of interesting things about this match. Um, Joey comes out, gets that first takedown, looks really good. He's really controlling. And I went back and watched kind of Yanni's NCAA tournament. He was not attacking legs much at all. It was, it was strange. Right. His Most of his takedowns against Jaden were, were counter. His two Dimas Freakazoid takedowns were counters. And his takedowns against Joey were, were counter takedowns. Now, in the first period, it's McKenna's controlling, controlling. Then in the second, second period, McKenna's in on that same single leg again. And Yanni does some freak stuff and puts him on his back for a second or two. And they kind of let Joey roll through and they call nothing there. And I thought that was a bad call. I, I thought that should have been two, a two-point takedown for for Yanni. Um, I don't know what your thoughts there were, were Willie. Um, my thoughts were that 
<laughs> I I don't know. When when Yanni's exposed, I thought, or when Joey's exposed, I thought that's that's points. That's again another another instance where um, I thought the referee didn't get down in time, and it was reviewed, and they still came away with nothing. Um, Crazy. I thought it was something. Yeah. It's, it's a, I was just gonna say it's almost so. I sometimes I guess we kind of forget like just how much of freaks these guys are yeah. because it, like if any of us are just wrestling around the room right just like average crappy wrestlers right and somebody like steps over and puts on her back it's like okay well that's that's a takedown right but joey mckenna being a super freak is able to roll out of it mm-hmm. but and so they're like okay well, we rolled out of it but if we're kind of going by the rules when you got boots in and the guy's like this on his back like that was that looks like a two to me um, and I know we're going to get to in the third period, uh, and, and I kind of agree with CP where it's like the the amount of takedowns were right. It was the the they should have been switched. They're both wrong. Yeah, in, in my opinion. And then in the third, you know, you can take a picture of the boot in and say, okay, that's it. And I know that from that seatbelt when a boot comes in, they call to. But was it really in? In was the leg in enough? Was it in for a long enough period of time? I, I don't know if that's really two because it was kind of like beside him. It, it was a weird takedown call, in my opinion, for, for Yanni. And a lot of people are saying it's a makeup call, and I kind of think maybe. But at the same time, why are you making up a call? Because you got to, it's one thing in basketball where a guy shoots it and he gets hit on the arm and you don't call it, and then later on you give a call. Because there's no, like, mechanism. But, like, if the official who the sees the arm gets hit goes back and gets to look at it and says – Makes, and it still does. Yeah, it still doesn't. That's not a makeup call. And also in basketball, yeah. there's like there's 45 rapid fire possessions, right? Where it's like, yeah. okay, like it may decide the match or the game, but it's less likely to. Whereas in wrestling, it's like, well, it's one takedown in NCAA finals that really could decide it. Yeah. So it's it yeah, makeup I calls are far the, more uh, interesting in wrestling. That's a really goofy call. I don't, I didn't really think it was too, but I'm not so incensed. That they called it to, but to me the 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 key moment in that bout was the stall call say. on Joey yep. in the third. The stall call on Joey in the third because you saw how Yanni was wrestling, and me and Christian are sitting there and we're like, Yanni needs a takedown. It's going to be hard for Yanni to get a takedown because he's been so counter dependent. He doesn't yes. have to. It, it, Joey doesn't have to shoot. It's it's much easier for Yanni to counter than it is to take a clean shot on Joey. Well, what do you know? Here comes a stall call. So now Joey is up by one with 45 seconds to go. Joey has to fend off. Joey has to not get a stall call. Guess what Joey does? Shoots. Joey shoots. If he didn't have that stall call, he wouldn't have shot. So I, I have a lot of thoughts about that, Willie. One, and it's the one example I didn't bring up that is maybe the shining example of the how the rules change in wrestling based on period and score, which mm. should never be the case. Joey, Absolutely. Joey, fair or not, Joey pursued Yanni the yep. lion's share of that match. He scored takedowns off his own attacks. Mm-hmm. Then when he is lo- winning in the third period 
And maybe he's decided, okay, I'm not going to engage as much because, oh, by the way, I'm wrestling Yanni D, the best counter wrestler in the game, the guy that can do some freak stuff I've never seen before and did it like four or five times this tournament. Yeah, I'm not going to engage as much anymore. And now Joey wants to hang back a little bit and you're going to bang him right away. Now, that being said... Nobody made Joey McKenna take that leg attack, right? I know that is why he shot, but are the officials necessarily going to make that call and do it again? Because that's another thing the officials won't do. They'll make they'll make that call just to put a little pressure on, but they rarely have the you know what's to to send it into overtime but, with, yeah, with that stall call. That's the, that's the BS about officials again, right? They they make these subjective things. I can make a case that in no way McKenna was warranted for a stall there. I mean, no way. It threw, you look throughout the match. They did it to make sure just to, just to hang that there, just in case. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't warranted. I mean, it's a third period. Joey is, he's staying in there, right? We, look at... Willie Miklas with Eric Schultz. Willie Miklas is on the track. They let him go. Joey's staying in there. They're going to ding him? I don't yeah. get it. And Yanni clearly wanted Joey to shoot. Like, I don't think Yanni was sure. going to shoot, even if he was losing. Because, number one, Joey's that positionally sound. Number two, he just, the whole tournament, he hadn't shot. Yeah, it was, I, I still, was not Yanni's best, best tournament. I mean, and... So yeah, I, that's just really disappointing the the way they interpreted that. Now all that all all that being said, and I I can certainly get on board with Ohio State fans and, and coaches being pissed. I think it was Bracky might have said something. Unlike all these 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 other things we were talking about that decided the match, at least they got to go to sudden victory. At least Joey did have an opportunity to win. True, true. I, so I think the, in terms of skill measurement. Um, th we got to see a, a, a fair a fair match in terms of like who did the most and Yanni got that late takedown he it was a legit takedown in, in sudden victory should it have been there I don't know I think yes I think it should have gone to sudden victory based on the skill both guys performed however mm -hmm. there's certainly some questionable calls here and, and we don't want to talk about this but the fact is th they made the calls right and they raised their fist and they made Joe. I mean, I won't say they made Joey shoot, but let's we all know what happened. I know the Ohio State coaching staff thinks Joey's not shooting there if he's not warned for stalling. And it's also one of those things, mm -hmm. right? We talk about it semi frequently. They're shooting to shoot, you know, to, to, to score, and then they're shooting to kind of buy time, right? And, and put time on the clock. And I think it was maybe Spencer against Mueller that had a really smart one. But oh, yeah. the problem is when you're doing it against Yanni. Even if you're just shooting to, to kill time, he can still score. Um, right. But, but I mean, credit to Joey and the coaching staff. They made all kinds of adjustments from the duel because yeah. McKenna was, if you watch it, like, yeah, he was kind of close to scoring, but Yanni was doing his gyroscope thing. Um, and uh, getting back to something Christian said earlier, like the, the guys you feel bad for, Joey McKenna's right at the top of the list for me. Yeah. Joey McKenna and Miles Martin right at the top of the list for me in terms of seniors who, 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 who didn't win that I just – at least, at least Miles. At least, at least Miles has his title, though. You know, for, it was a real. You know, that's one. That, that's one that was tough. In that, you want to see Yanni keep pace for four, and but you'd like to see Joey go out with a title. He never had one, you know, and he's darn good. Yeah. So that was forty-one. Um, Yanni, he's, he's two for two now. 
thirty or forty nine. You know, we're, we might have to we might have to kick into overdrive a little bit here with the late start. And yeah, we only did three weights. Did three weights. There's ten in all. Um, forty nine though. I mean, there's not a ton to talk about. Nothing went super crazy. The two guys we thought would make the finals made it. The guy I think we all picked to win won. Uh, he did give up the first takedown, which made it sort of interesting. But at the end, he just had too much. And, you know, his ability to ride was was a big thing. And, you know, he was able to get takedown. So, um, yeah, I don't know what else there is to say other than at, uh, Rutgers gets two national champions after, you know, what that program's been. And, you know, it's it's a little – it's got to be validation for, for, for Scott Goodale. But, you know what, I, I feel like – Coach Goodale, and, and this was something I was talking talking about years ago, well before they had Soriano and, and Ashnall. That guy put good teams on the map for years, well before they were getting All-Americans, when they had Mason and DJ Russo and they had all these guys. And I felt like he wasn't getting enough credit then. I thought he was doing a really good job then. So it's really good to see because everyone is just so March NCAA – uh, results focused to see him get okay. Not only can I put a good team on the mat like I did in, in in 2011 and on, but now here I'm getting guys to the next level. And and I don't know that 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 Coach Goodale is like this super genius X's and O's breaking down film, but the the guy has put you know he you bring in a Donnie Pritzloff and you, you give him uh the room and, and you you trust people and he's a really good leader and he gets the he recruits well. I mean, I, I think this guy deserves a lot of credit for what he's been able to do at Rutgers. And I think the credit should have been coming for a long time now, but now he's getting it to the degree I think he truly deserves it. And and not just not just Goodell, right? I mean, Pollard and Leo too, right? Yeah. You, you already mentioned Donnie. But, and, and look, as a whole, this probably wasn't Rutgers' best team of the, the Goodell era, right, You know, in terms of 1 through 10. But it's validation for them right it's 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 almost poetic justice that the the two uh, undefeated new jersey state champs won titles for ruckers they're they're guys they're blue chippers like top 5 blue chippers that might choose ruckers in the next 2 years and this only makes it more possible that they do yeah um they got a new facility coming. Uh, they got a new facility coming. In in general, you know, you look at programs that can look at programs that can like change the landscape of college wrestling. Rutgers is one. Illinois is another. Fresno State's another in terms of like hotbed areas that that have high school talent. Um, and so, I don't know. I think it's a good thing when Rutgers can be good. So, suck cool. it to all the haters. <laughs> Mobbing. <laughs> we 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 love a Rutgers. couple. Uh, shout out to all the Penn State fans that said Nick Sirianna would never win once he left uh, State College. Shout out to them. And uh, I, Goodell gets trashed on some of these message boards, and like it. Why you, you, you want to talk about development? You the talk about Rutgers development? board trashes him all the time. They're idiots too. Well, How about Scott Del Vecchio? How about Kenny Theobald? Were those guys supposed to be all Americans? Well, De- kind of. Did they don't develop guys? Come on. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Um, Anthony Proud, is a two-time All-American. Machine gun. He really Done is. with you. Done, done with you. Yeah, go away. Rutgers haters. Go away, Rutgers haters, because you ain't going to find any hate here. Uh, I kind of wanted to do the whole show about them. Yeah, someone suggested that. Not yeah. a bad idea. Maybe we will. Final X Rutgers. Let's go. <laughs> That's happening. Can't wait for that. Also, that – we'll save it for a later show, but 149 is going to be wide open next year. Oh, man. Super fascinating. 
Sasso. 157 is, is kind of the same as 149 in, in, like, what is there to talk about. It kind of went chalk. Um, the, the big one was, well. There's one big thing to talk right? about. Yeah, pretty big thing. One thing uh, I'd well, like to talk there's about. There's two big things. There's two big things, and they're both call-related, right? Yeah. The, so we talked about Pentelio Hydley a, a little bit in terms of, man, we got the side official who for the first time in the history of side officials is actually going to do something, a, a radical notion. And instead of helping helping out with a takedown call or something, they want to get, okay, here's my time to shine. I'm going to call a, a vague, approximate hands to the face on Alec Pantelio. Make me want to puke. But then, so that's all there is to that one. I mean, what else can you say? There's nothing else to say. Over-involved officials didn't uh, follow the points of emphasis. Uh, horrible rule. We talked about the rule all year long that it was stupid, this point of emphasis, and it reared itself at the worst possible time for Alec Pantaleo. Shame on them. Uh, but then, Nolf Heidley, and here's what annoys me so much about, about the Nolf Heidley argument, is that because Jason Nolf is so amazing and so incredible, the story became, well, Nolf would have won anyways if you'd have called the two. So basically, what you're saying is there's no scenario where... Um, <laughs> where Hayden Hiley would deserve to win, no matter what. Hayden Hiley is not allowed to win. There's no scenario where, where anyone could lose. Because I'll tell you one thing right now, the, uh, the, the biggest upset of the NCAAs was Miles Martin losing to Max Dean, and there's not even a close second in my opinion. And, and Hayden Hiley beating Jason Alf would maybe have been a bigger upset, but it's not by much. And these upsets can happen, and Nolf did not Look great that match. It no, nearly still happened even, at the end. He almost lost at the end. Yeah. He almost yeah, so that's, it would have been. I mean, and, Hayden's a returning finalist. I don't even think it would have been. I mean, the, but the bottom line is, I, I don't care if it's Jason Nolf. I don't care if it's wrestler A and wrestler B. If it's a takedown, it's a takedown. Yeah. I don't care if it's the first period, last period. And, you know, the, when I first saw it, I was like, that's, that's a takedown. I know what a takedown looks like. That's a takedown. And then there's people talking about reaction time, and I kind of got twisted up. I'm gonna be honest with you. They kind of did some voodoo stuff on me with the, uh, in my brain, in my brain space, with you know, with the reaction, with the reaction time. And then I was like, yeah, maybe it wasn't a takedown. Ask Kyle. I like. Are you I know. Kyle? I was. I was. I was trying to talk sense into you. Yeah. Yeah, I got. I got voodooed for a minute. Was it, yeah, you talked to the official. <laughs> yeah. Right. You got voodooed by the ref that made okay. the terrible call. <laughs> I will tell. I will tell you the referee's name that was on that mat or on that call was his name's Kevin Linick, and I think that Kevin Linick, and I I told Christian this way before. Uh, I think he's one of the best officials in the show, um, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't think that call was right. But I, I saw Kevin coming out, and he goes, "You're gonna roast me, huh?" <laughs> I was like, "I don't know. Probably. Why'd you make that call?" I was like, well, I said, first of all, tell me this. Did you take that? Did you say this is a me challenge? He said, yes, I did, because I knew right away it was wrong. I said, okay, so you challenged uh. yourself. You reviewed yourself. And I said, what were you reviewing? What was wrong? He said, I called two, and then I immediately realized I didn't allow for reaction time. Which so, is, as we already mentioned, a completely indefinable up to the official, yeah. so Kevin's interpretation of it is completely different than, you know, another one. The, clearly, the one in the Pletcher 
uh, DeSanto match. So here's 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 one thing that Chuck Barbie said. He said that this wasn't a rear standing position, so control beyond reaction time is re required. I don't know what it is required for it to be rear standing because if you're completely behind someone and their hand touches. I don't know why that's not rear standing because they weren't completely on their feet standing upright and then went down to the mat. I don't understand that because if I'm in a so, single leg back and I finish backside double and a guy comes up to his feet and then I put him down, is that rear? What makes something rear standing? Th that, that doesn't make any sense. Christian, explain or, or go through. I know we're trying to move along here, but there's some that are getting lost. And, and, and the big ones on these takedowns, on this reaction time thing, uh, unless I'm forgetting something, there's three big ones. It was DeSanto RBY, Pletcher DeSanto, and this one here. The DeSanto um, RBY one, I'm not as sure. I'm not as sure about. Um, I haven't got to really analyze that one as closely. But the, uh, you know, the the RBY or the excuse me, the DeSanto Pletcher one is really crazy because that mm -hmm. one. It's questionable if Luke is even behind DeSanto when his hand touches. Mm -hmm. It is if if you were looking at the two, which is closer to a takedown, it's Nolf Highly, and that's not even debatable, right? I, I don't mm -hmm. know. Like, how long do you get for reaction time? Jason Nolf's knee and hand were down on the mat, and then he pushed up off his hand to try to stand, like to get a stand, stand up and an escape. Like, I, how long do you get? The man himself said he got taken down. Yeah. Yeah. Like Hayden was like, yeah, I thought I was gonna have to come back for like that. Like when take they down. when no. the officials started talking no, about it, like to go review it, I thought they were looking at time. That's like, what I, I thought. I didn't even consider the fact that it wasn't a takedown. I thought they were looking at time. The, the media row up on the seventh floor was having a conniption. They're <laughs> like, how did they put time back on the clock? Yeah. Now again, the the we're kind of thrown off by the. We're not sure if the ESPN feed matched what the what the clock was showing because and that reared its head with so the it sounds Gable like thing. that the finals was the only one where they were getting the ESPN feed. Everything else was Matt side, so that would have been Matt side camera. So the mm -hmm. semi, the, you're saying the the time on the semis on the well, people saw on TV was not synced with, right? Okay, with what the officials. I were believe looking that. At. Yeah. No, I don't think the RBY one. That is not two. Um, there's two scenarios. There's one. Uh, DeSanto has like the wizard the whole time and he never comes across then the other one he kind of comes behind but he doesn't he's out to the side sort of on a double but he's way too out to the side he's not behind him I, I think that's a clear no too I think they got that one right not calling two there but yeah I mean and, and the other thing that's not being talked about is that takedown comes at the end of the period so it's a full takedown you get the full thing and Nolf could not ride Hydley he, he had two opportunities on top, and Heidley got away, no problem. To the point, Bracky and I were like, Are you, should you really go down I here? literally said that, and then he got out in five seconds. <laughs> I was stunned. I was like, whoa, holy cow. I was like, he maybe he gets out in under a minute, but it's going to be tough to do it, and he got away, no problem. You guys can make fun of me for this, and I'm pretty sure Spade's the only person that actually got to hear it. But last year, I said, right after the finals, I said, I know Nolf had the knee thing, but there, if there's one guy on this planet who can beat uh, Nolf in a folk style match. It's Hayden, and even hmm. going in, I was like, "Well, he's gonna get his bucket." I predicted like a fourteen three in my preview, or whatever. Right. And then, so basically, damn, you if wavered. he didn't. Oh, I completely wavered. Biggest... <laughs> I completely wavered, but 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 you. But I have you I have, have a take on both sides at no, no, all but, times. No, no, but but what what my point is? What my point is with all of this. I'm gonna get to the heat hall. I said last year. 
No, no, but, the only guy, and then right before the finals, I said he's gonna get destroyed. But, but my, but my point with my point with those is, I need to, I need to stick with my original gut feelings on these things because you don't know what you want. No, man. You, I'm you telling you, what I'm trying to tell you what I want, Willie. What you I'm really, really to want. tell you what I want, which you is I should just stick with my original gut feeling at the tell time. Tell us what you want. What you really, really want. Um, but that was bullcrap. That match was bullcrap, and. My freaking stomach like was a knots after that match. It was one of those like, you watched and you're like, I that was wrong. That didn't feel right. Yeah, that was messed up. And it has nothing to do with Nolf because Nolf was like, yeah, I got taken down and he is freaking all world, right? It's just like that was that was crap. It was just so bizarre too because Jason Nolf literally got out wrestled and you never see that. Never see it. Was that so that man? It's not even that they're missing it in real time. It's that they're reviewing it and still getting it wrong. That, that was my, that's what I kept saying, too. It was like there were 127 challenges, whether they were coaches or the rest taking it upon themselves. 27 got 27. overturned, and that's one of the ones you're going to overturn. Yeah, that's the other thing, Bracky. I'm glad you mentioned that because here, here's the other thing. It's, you may not remember this. They looked at this art. The official knew so right away to take the – to take the challenge. He knew he made the wrong call. Then he looked at it for five minutes straight. He That review took forever and a day. And my thing is, if you gotta look that long, original call stands, period. And you're looking at all this stuff, and I don't know what you're possibly looking for at, at that point. You're just looking for, or maybe you're just taking time, you're composing yourself before you tell the world that you're changing your call. Because I don't know how you look that long. But it it is it should be so clear for you to overturn the call on the mat because it, it maybe Hayden works a little harder on that return with three seconds left if he knows he didn't get a takedown, but he wasn't given that opportunity either. How about this in the favor of third-party review? Um, oh, and, and what, yeah. what what Willie and I had were, were slightly different, but um, what I saw was 11 out of 93 brick throws, pure brick throws were overturned. Half of the ch- the officials' challenges were overturned. Mm-hmm. You're using it as your own bailout. Yeah. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't. Well, eighty percent, eighty percent that could like nope call stands when the official throws it, but when you review yourself, it gets overturned half the time. I, I'm okay with just just get it right. I mean, whatever the. But end they're not getting it right. That's a problem, right. Will. Well, yeah. They they're using it as right. a bailout for themselves. They, th- but they should use it as a bailout for themselves if they think they made the wrong call. I mean, it's, you got to take it on a case-by-case situation. I don't think you can look at an overarching thing and do that. But they do need they do need a third-party independent review. If you're going to ha- – listen, if you're going to do it, if you're going to say it's problematic th- – uh, if it's problematic, this, then don't do it. Have it one time a year. Have it at NCAAs. And the Somebody thing is, the they're allowed to have third party in NCAA wrestling. They're allowed to have it. They're just like, nah. The even though we have all the refs in the world are here hanging out, no, we're not going to have third party. Not even for the finals. We'll just take a look at it. They had a third NJCAA, party. For in, s- go ahead. Go ahead I was just going to say, NJCAA, junior college, has third party review. But NCAA, NCAAs does not. That's real. Like, no. They had it at uh, CKLV, too. Remember the CP, the guy that sat yeah. beside us? Oh, yeah. Freaking freestyle! Do you think like these these head officials want to travel to these stupid tournaments in the, in the middle of December and be like, yeah, well, we gotta 
we got to review these calls for backside matches where you can't even qualify for trials, and yet they do it because it's the right thing. Yeah. yeah. So. Just, I mean, at, at, at minimum, NCAAs. You Good would Lord, think. There's no, there's no lack of resources there. Right. Spare no expense. Okay, so that's 57. I mean, Nolf destroys Burger for the final time, and uh, that's it. Nolf goes out three-time champion. Scored the seventh most total NCAA points in NCAA history, which is actually ahead of Bo Nickel. How about slightly. this? You know who? So uh, Nolf or yeah, Nolf and Nickel are now seven eight. You mm-hmm. know who they kicked out of the top ten? Zane and Dake. Whoa, <laughs> Dake's not top ten. That's crazy. yeah. Zane and Dake were nine ten going in, and now they're eleven twelve because Nolf Nickel. Well, dag on. That's pretty cool. Uh, all right, sixty. Oh my gosh, Makai Lewis is the yeah, national we're on champion. Now, and Makai Lewis really won NCAAs, guys. He's really the NCAA he champion. It. He beat the one, the two, and the four seed. He beat the bull. Um, I'm not sure you can take this guy down. It's happened. It happened twice this year. But but what the heck? I mean, on the one hand, or let's hold on. I gotta give credit to to Willie. Willie Willie cited two favorites that I think on paper were favorites, and he said. I think they can win all these matches. I would maybe pick them to win all these matches, but path. He did not like Bull's path. He did not like Gable's path. And neither of those guys made the finals. So credit Willie Saylor for that one. I also want to, in case I forget, credit uh, the wrestling nomad for picking Drew Foster to make the finals. Hey, That really happened. Hey. I went back I went back and listened to it in a great show. We were we were on fire. On fire. Bracky was <laughs> cracking me up the whole time. But there were some a uh, couple good calls in there and uh, I got to say Willie's path recognition and Nomad's call of Drew Foster uh, were 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 excellent calls. I don't think anyone made uh, the, that combination prediction. So good job there. Can we talk about the no take? T- I was I was all excited, right? I was I was, was reading this article yesterday, and I was like, man, I do not think that uh, that Makai Lewis got taken down in a tournament this year. And so I'm going back and looking, and freaking the two guys that took him down, right? He wrestled Isaiah White, he wrestled Chenzo, he wrestled all these amazing guys. No offense to these guys, but like the two guys that took him down this year were Zach Feinsilver and Bryce Martin. Oh boy, so weird. Kind of when you're when you're. Uh... When your guard's down type of thing. Yeah. It's like Nolf gives up those weird takedowns to, like, the UTC guy. It's like, wait, what? But then, like, you know, Berger hasn't taken him down since Nam. Right. So, like, these guys, they kind of leave themselves a little more open. But when he was focused – so, I guess with uh, Marinelli, you know, he had that standing single with with Makai. And you saw that's just half the battle. Maybe 25% of the battle is getting to Makai's legs because when you get to him, it's, it's so hard to plan him. Well, you remember Joseph the Junior World Finals. Yeah, tw- he had twice. He had two. Uh, he had his foot off the mat two different times, and one time he didn't score, and the other time Makai scored. The 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 one in the second where he didn't where they went out of bounds, and then he kind of like did splits, and then I think got in the correct time position. Yep. That for me, when I was like over, this match is done. That that was. I mean, as soon as he got to that single, I said to Bracky, I was like, "This is it right here." It's like if he finishes this, mm-hmm. I'm I'm betting on Chenzo to win it, and he found a way to to put him down and and not get taken down. I was like, okay. Now it's going to get really, really tough. And even then, I wasn't writing off Vincenzo. But then towards as, as a minute, as he got away, and then I was like, man, he's really he's really going to do it. And so I think we have to – it's so funny because Willie and I, as soon as the semis get set, we're like, okay, Wick, Makai, Willie, Willie and I are like simultaneously like, Wick, no problem. Immediately we're like, he's not ready for that. He has not experienced that kind of heat from top. 
you know, nice win there, but he's not going to beat uh, beat no, Evan Wick. I, I mean, I just thought I, I I'll say I kind of dismissed him in that matchup because Wick is so he has a different feel. He has he's uncon, unconventional. He's threat he threatens it from top. So I, you know, I like. Him. Makai and, and I like him more going forward after what I saw, but <laughs> at the time it was like that's a bad matchup for him. Also, I want to say, all the people who are like, how big was this upset? It was a, it was certainly an upset because Chenzo's a two time national champ, but you know there were people not picking Chenzo to win. The biggest upset of the weekend was Max Dean being Miles Martin. Oh, by far. Unquestionably, I, I, so I agree with that. Let, let's 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 do give a little credit to to Makai Lewis. And there's a there's a thread I tweeted about it um, on themat.com about junior world medals and especially junior world golds and their value um, and just how guys their careers play out after they win one. Um, and so yeah, maybe we we overlooked Makai a little bit. And I have no idea how to feel about no, Chenzo uh, other than I then it it's so freaking strange that Makai Chenzo Chenzo like. With Here's the, the thing, though. Thing. I, blows my mind. I tweeted something like, you know, Makai, Makai just became a superstar. And there was people, like, saying, we told you, we told you. No, you didn't. And, no. yeah, we, uh, listen, listen. We all watched him. We all watched him make the world team. We all watched him win worlds. We all watched him in high school. I mean, I, I had him top 20 prospect, right? It's like. Yeah, we knew, but when you go out and lose to Connor Flynn, bro, don't, yeah. don't, 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 don't say we slept on him. Yeah, he lost he, Connor he, Flynn. Yeah, he lost to Connor Flynn. He lost to Isaiah White, two non-All Americans. Like that's okay. That, that we're gonna talk about that. We're, but clearly he he didn't lose after Vegas, right? He continued to win and win and win. But you know, uh, I don't think Virginia Tech did a holiday tournament, or he didn't go to. Um, he didn't go to scuffle. He didn't, he didn't go, go to scuffle, scuffle where he would have seen Chenzo. Uh, so, you know, he was somewhat of a of a mystery with two losses to two non AAs. Uh, I mean, it's, it's why he was the eight seed. It's why he was the eight seed because he lost to Connor Flynn. He lost to so on the one hand that, on the other hand, the guy had never wrestled freestyle until the U.S. Open in April, and then he made the Junior World Team, and then he won Junior Worlds. So at the same time, we should have been like. Okay, and I think we, I think we were appropriately respectful of Makai Lewis coming into this. Now I, I am going to chastise you a little bit though, because oh yeah, of the nature with which you brushed off the Marinelli thing. Because and to be fair, he Wait. did win on a uh, uh, interlocking fingers call, but like that night, you're like, Makai's not going to beat Marinelli again. Come on, the the nature of how he won the match. Sure, and I mean, did you pick him? No. Okay. But I wasn't as dismissive as you were. We're like, well, no I just way. figured is... seven minutes of that heat. The guy lost to Connor Flynn. Mar- Marinelli just beat up Vincenzo Joseph. Yeah, I'd, I'm just like, no, that it's not going to materialize that way. I think I thought Makai. I had seen Makai fade in other freestyle matches. And I thought seven minutes with Marinelli, but but Makai, what is factually correct? Makai is better than he was in April and May when he wrestled Alex Marinelli, and when he clearly he's better than he was in November when he in December when he lost to Isaiah White and. Um, what you call him? So I, I'm so fascinated to see the Vincenzo Joseph we get next year. Yeah, senior year coming back from a loss. I'm. I mean, he's been incredible his whole career. I'm just. I'm really fascinated to see how he's going to look next year. 
And man, what what is the ceiling for Makai Lewis? I mean, this guy <laughs> is so unbelievably very high. Good. And he's kind of got that that build where it's like he's, he's simultaneously horse. lanky yet compact and strong. He's like kind of it's almost like Burroughs. Mm-hmm. Burroughs has that crazy arm length, but he's also compact and like ex- can like blow through you, right? So he's just got that really unique and he's so patient. Like he is, is never it? concerned with like, oh, I need to go get one here. She's like, no, like when the time is right, I will score and that will be that. Yeah. I'll, and, is his bottom yeah, half is, I mean, does he have big legs? I know his upper body's big. He sort of reminds me of Sahid that way. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah, has I, his... yeah, it's it's Long kind of arm. like an ideal wrestling body. You, you know what's funny? I was, I was talking with the, when the Virginia Tech job opened up and, uh, because Coach Dresser went to Iowa State, the talk was, um, you know, everyone was like, "Who's going to get the tech job? Who's going to get the tech job?" And I'm, you know, I'm talking to coaches all the time, and there's a coach, you know, is maybe interested in it. And he's like, "I'm going to tell you right now, they've got the best recruit in the country there with, with Makai Lewis." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "I'm telling you, this kid is is unbelievable. He's he's going to be. He can. The sky is the limit with him." And that was when Makai was good. But, you know, at that point, he was just really good and, and a prospect and a talent. But he's like, no, this is a – he's a first of all, he's like, he's a great kid. He's awesome. He works really hard. And, and how good he can be is is unbelievable. And – There's another – Sure enough. There's another indication that – I mean, there was all these signs, right? There's like, yeah. he beat Marinelli before. He won world. He made the world team. He made worlds. And then – you realize he forced David McFadden to go up to 74. Yeah. Like that should yeah. have been a thing. That should have been a thing to everybody like, eh, he's pretty good. That's a good point, but also at this but at the same time you know, you see that sometimes like Miles Martin went up to 184. I don't think it's cuz Bo Jordan was better. It's cuz like you're bigger than Bo, yeah. so you go up cuz it's better for the team. I kind of yeah. when it happened, I viewed it like that. I was like, yeah, maybe Makai beats David, but it wasn't like Get out of my spot, McFadden. This is mine now. I think it was Makai yeah. can't make 57, obviously. And so, okay, David, you're a little bigger, so you're going up. Now, I don't know if he's a little bigger, but that was kind of – that was my read on it at the time. But now it's very clear, oh, yeah, he's just he's just better. And now he's a freshman national champion, and we'll, we'll see. And uh, let's go Hokies. Yet again, freshman national champ. No true freshman national champ this year, which hasn't happened in a while. But what do you fr- – it hasn't happened in a while that there was Spencer no tr- true freshman national champ. I'm saying first time in a while that it, it, there hasn't been one. There hasn't there been one. Oh. Yeah, yeah there hasn't been one. But, again, a registered freshman champ. So it's like at some point we're going to run the data, and there's going to be a point, and it's probably going to be around Kyle Dake where it's like freshmen just start the uptick of titles. Yeah, for sure. Because it's, okay, it's so like, that just 60. happens every year. Yeah. That's 65. Hokie's got to be feeling pretty good about that one. <laughs> Oh, yeah, first one in program history. Uh, Will, you should say that. You yeah. should explain that joke because you'll probably reference it for eternity on FRL. Uh, yeah. So I started losing, losing my mind. mind. Christian was losing his mind and just for a while there, he's like running the site, right? So he's determining what should go up. And every title he writes is like, it's wrong. Like every for a while, the, everything he wrote had Nolf in it. <laughs> like even if it was not had nothing to do with Nolf, he would just put Nolf. And then he started losing his mind and even more. And he said, 
he was talking about something. He goes, Hokie's got to feel pretty good about that. And it had nothing to do with the Virginia Tech <laughs> match. It, it was, was like, like a Cornell you and I match. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? And so for the rest of the tournament, I kept, I kept saying, Hokie's got to feel pretty good about that one, huh? <laughs> about matches that had nothing to do with the Hokies. I had Hokies on the brain. Um, I'm a Virginian, proud of it. Uh, 74, I think we just talked Zahid Mark here because I don't really, other than we, I kind of already mentioned that the kind of general consensus we all had was like, oh boy, no one told me that Zahid was going to be here uh, at NCAAs. Sure enough, he when was. When you watched him against Lewis, right? The Lewis match was like, wow. It was like he kind of, it was not even like competitive. Talking was, to Pendleton afterwards, you're like, oh, this kid went through hell and back, like in terms of the the level of effort that he put in which again gets back to the like we can only go off the last thing we see and then we find out like yeah that dude uh went as hard as a human can possibly go for three months and was like no this is my title yeah and then also mark freak okay i know he always beats a mean by one i i've been sent a lot of screenshots of mark locked hands in the semis yeah now he continues to beat a mean but it's like well why does everyone lock hands there's a. I just wish they wouldn't do it. Hey refs, you want to look at something in the off season? Make a point of emphasis. Maybe we look at locked hands, clasping whatever. No, I'm sick of locked hands. I. It's locked hands. Is locked hands becoming the new, uh, new double dribble? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The yeah. new traveling call. violation. The new, yeah. the new traveling oh. violation for sure. Um, yeah, maybe so. Definitely. I'm so sick of talking about locked hands this year. Yeah, it is bad. Seriously, I hate it. I hate it almost as so much as hands to the face. But, yeah, maybe he did lock hands, but it is written into code that um, Mark Hall will beat Miles Amin by one point every <clears> single <throat> time, and it happened. He's beat him five times by one point. Then, you know, and then oh. Mark comes out and gets that first takedown counter off of heat, and you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe not. Maybe we're, we're, we need to re-unflip ourselves because we had already flipped back on the Zahid train after picking Mark. And it's like, okay, we're back on with Mark. We might be right ultimately. And then he gets away and Zahid – and here's the thing. Zahid pursuing the whole time, the whole match. He's on him, on him, on him. And finally gets through and gets a sort of sort of takedown. I don't know what it is. And it, it, all these freaky positions, all these weird things, I actually – for once, we'll empathize with the officials. I'm like, I don't know, man. That's so strange. I don't know if that's a takedown. It's just further evidence that we need like more like freestyle-esque rules because th there's not a black and white call yeah, there that, that, has to be, that can be made. has to be carved up more definitively. I didn't think it was two. Go ahead. Call me Penn State, Willie. Call me what you want. I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was two. My, Mark was sort of tight uh, with his head. I don't know. But at least Mark knew long enough in advance he had to go get one. And that was a thing. Yeah. Um, that was a thing. Mark didn't really have much offense, you know? Uh, no. Yanni, too. Yanni scored on everybody else's shots. Mark was he was a counter wrestler. And he couldn't set nothing up on Zahid. No, Zahid's really t tough to get. I think Zahid's defense is pretty underrated. Uh Again, based it's kind of like Siriano fix. Like, yeah, there was definitely calls, but based on the way they wrestled for three days and even the way they wrestled in the match, I thought the quote-unquote right guy won. Mm -hmm. um, and I went back and listened to the FRL after the the match, and we all kind of, not all of us, but we, we, we had this feeling like, man, that one meant, that, I'm talking about the December duel, man, that one meant a lot to Mark. 
he clearly was ready, was game planned, was like at his full best, and like that. Not that was his NCAA's, but like that one meant a lot to Mark. But Zahid's gonna get it done um, on Saturday night, and that was kind of how it played out. Yeah, yeah. But you know, um, still, all in all, it was a one. Uh, you know, a really tight match, a one-point match. Um, with the questionable takedown. I mean, it wasn't last year, right? Last year, Zahid won it. I mean, yeah. I mean, last year, there was, like, a difference. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Kyle, how is your wife, Olivia, taking this loss? She is a large Mark Hall fan. Yeah, she was pretty upset. But I don't – where – what happened to this Mark Hall that scored a lot of bonus points? Is, it, is that a Mark Hall that's existed? I mean, if you look at his NCAA's run the past couple of years, he scores bonus points on the way he to the He did pin Daniel Lewis last year. Yeah, I guess yes, so. He did. Only also, one. Only, he had a, he majored Devin Kane. That was it. Then eight three five three two one. That is interesting. Also, Zahid, say what you will about the second period takedown. Zahid wrote him out. If Mark Afterwards. gets out, yep. Then great point. So uh. so again with with all these matches, it's like. You, you definitely, the refs, you know, there's definitely questionable things and things to be mad about, but there's also, are you still in the match? How about this? It, Mark's freshman year, 61% bonus rate. Sophomore year, 69% bonus rate. Nice. This year, 45. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. Great. I didn't realize, I guess I didn't realize how high it was the last two years. The and 70 then, is huge. Last year, NCAAs, he went major tech decision fall. Wow. The year before that, 75%. decision, tech, major, decision, decision. But it's interesting. That is. Good Good pull there, Kyle Brackey. That's interesting. I don't know what that – I mean, that's I'll not the what, typical man. That's not the typical Penn State trend. Right. Normally that bonus uptick goes up and to the right. I'll tell you what. Three years in a row that match has decided the national title. Uh, has A, has that ever happened before? I keep calling it the greatest rivalry. Um, there's a chance that they're, there's a, there's a chance that that's the thing next year too. I mean, can you imagine four straight years? It's it really we. I don't. I can't remember the last time we saw something like that where it's it's these guys for the title. Now you could say his freshman year is Bo Jordan, but let's call it what it is. It, that was the right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I would need to to go back and look, but the only time I can think of it, and this is partially because my dad went to Lehigh. Uh, Caruso beat the same guy in the finals three years in a row, and that was like a Michigan guy. 65, 67 was, I think, that era. I remember that. Now, I don't, that, I that, I that's there. a long time in between, so it might have happened again, <laughs> but it does seem like this is historically significant uh, rivalry. I think it's the greatest of all time. You're, so, so You're historically you significant. 184. 184. But just real quick, you know, we're talking about that next year. The, you know, is Mark going to potentially take an Olympic? Is he going to consider it? Or I, just a regular red shirt. Or a regular. Mark doesn't need to. I mean, he's qualified for the Olympics, so he can do that. But my, my thing, I mean, Penn State's got a lot of options for what they, they want to take another punt year a la 2015. They could certainly do that. They could, you know, they could legitimately red shirt RBY, Mark Hall, all those freshmen gray shirted. Only, I think Nick, Nick Lee was the only one that enrolled, right? Well, no. No, Nick Joe Lee, Lee still has – Or Joe. Joe, excuse me. Joe wasn't Nick enrolled? Nick Lee still has a no. redshirt available, doesn't he? Yes. Nick, Yeah, Nick has a redshirt. They get a redshirt. All those dudes be like, all right, we'll, 
We'll yeah. see in 2021. I got a whole article coming out on it. And I, as I was writing, I was like, okay, this would be a good little. And then I was like, holy crap, this needs to be way more in depth. So that's why I wasn't out this morning. It'll be out today. Same with, same with, you know, Kassar. Is your, uh, is he, does he want to come back and do it again? Right? Yeah. Does Shakur Rashid want to come back and do it again? Are they going to give Canel? Are they going to give healthy? Canel a, a, a six year? So it's, oh man, there is so much variability with the Penn State lineup. And, uh, yeah, well, well, I mean, probably next show we'll get. I was planning on writing a 2020 team race article sometime this week. Yeah, and right. I think it's going to be really interesting, but there's so much. There's so many unknowns. Even in Penn State's lineup alone, all the Olympic red shirts, you know, Spencer Lee, does he take an Olympic? Uh, I was, you know, very much in the title picture next year. So, yeah. lots to talk about dog. with yeah. that. Yeah, that would be hor- uh, you know, for, for Iowa, how hard do you have to sit? Man, Iowa, I don't know if they'll be the favorite next year because if Penn State gets Canell in and they have Shakur and Kassar back, I think they'll probably still be the favorite. But – if, if Spencer Lee redshirts next year, that would be so. I mean, th- this is their window. I think to yeah. win a title. I don't that's, think it's going to be as easy as twenty one. They they need all hands on deck a, here. I think there's such, and I'll say this in the article. When I when I do this, I'm going to project Iowa having all their horses because Penn State still might be the favorite. Uh, they might, but it's going to be a. The window is there for Iowa to win, and if the window is there for Iowa to win their first title in X amount of years, ten, um, yeah. ten, you Spencer Lee got to go. Yeah, you got to you got to be in the lineup. So, I'm going to work under that theory. I know that might not happen, but I'm going to work under the theory that they're having their full all their horses. One eighty four. <laughs> we already talked about it. It's the biggest upset, and it was so bizarre because. Trying to think of another upset we had, or do you just kind of like you kind of feel it brewing a little bit, and it just happens, and then all of a sudden Willie's like, this, "So this is happening," and it was, it was, because uh, I was totally not engaged with that match. I was watching round of twelve or the other semi. I was just not paying attention. Miles got the first takedown. I said business as usual, and I like literally there's all these other matches going on. I'm looking at that. Then Willie's like, uh, "This is happening right now." And they're in this ankle-to-ankle scramble, and we're like, oh, my goodness. And then he he finishes it and rides him out, and it's just like that. It's just like, boom, in 20 seconds, everything changed. Everything. And, and like, the, the drama, to me, I keep saying slow motion because it was like, it was is this going to happen? Is, 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 is Max going to finish this? And then he does. And then to, to make it even more dramatic – Miles gets to his feet, and you're like, okay, he's, he can get out. He can force OT. And then the mat return. And it was like, oh, my God, that just happened. Because there was no point in time where, like, I had even considered this. Or no one was even, like, upset Ooh. special here, Max Dean. And then all of a sudden, it's like, boom, he scores. Boom, it's over. Just like that. There was, like, no time to, like, process anything. It's like Miles lost instantly. Miles destroyed him twice, twice this year. Took him twice. down seven times and five times. Like, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't a thing. Why would you label that as an upset special if you aren't, like, a specific Cornell Dean Homer? Like, yeah. there's no reason to. And 
th- I would say that was the one I was um, like saddest about when you talk about like personal connections with sure. guys. N- nothing against Dean and, and Cornell. I actually really like Max Dean just yeah, because nice guys. B- because of how Max I saw Miles Miles come up and how this was kind of supposed to be his year, his you know his his bookend, his coronation. Um, that was that was really tough to see and. Um, you know, I said on Twitter right afterwards. I, I hope he has an awesome career and, and it, talk to Ohio State people and McDonough. You know, McDonough's where he went to high school. People sometime about Miles Martin and let me know if you find anyone has a bad word to say about that kid. Yeah, you won't find it. And but you know what? I, I give credit to Max Dean for staying in the match and winning, but Miles was not assertive. He he did not he did not have that mentality he had at Vegas where I'm a I'm gonna take this guy down and bury him because if he makes it about just wrestling. I just, just, I mean, we saw it two times. We know what happens, right? It's not like Max Dean like got way better. Max Dean barely beat Cash Wilkie the round before or yep. two rounds before, like barely, like kind of shouldn't have won. They gave a, a weird stall point or hands to the face, or I think it was a stall point. Stall that, point, that, yeah, that very questionable. It. Extremely questionable. So it's not like, oh, Max Dean, he's not coming. Level, yeah. No, dude, he he almost got Wilkied, okay? And then he beats Max. He beats Miles Martin. It was all about uh, Miles Martin's My- assertiveness. Let him hang around. Let him hang around, him and hang he around. got in a scramble where it's like, Miles, you don't need to be scrambling with this guy. You should just be blowing through him, taking him down like you did the other times. And two things with, with Cornell. First of all, to see the way Gabe Dean celebrated was – and I know they're brothers, so like that's the obvious reason why, but I, I don't know that I've ever seen a coach celebrate like that for a semifinal, which number one goes to show you the 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 magnitude of the upset. Number two goes to show you the, the relationship that, that Gabe has and how much you know he's he's Max's biggest fan. How about this though? This is what I put in my article about the, the who's going to be number one to start next year. Cornell 184 is absurd. Last nine years, yeah. second, eighth, second, first, first, third, third, first, fourth. Dang! Oh my God. What? 184 you? 184 you? Holy crap! Um, that's that's amazing. Th- th- when they walked out to that match, like Gabe's walking out in front of Max, I thought Gabe was gonna. I thought he was gonna take off his polo shirt and there's gonna be a singlet under there. That dude yeah. was. Gabe was ready. Gabe was. <clears throat> Gabe looked more serious than Max. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. So he wins. Um. And then we've got Drew Foster on the other side, and we didn't even get to Shakur Rashid, who lost to the 15 and the 26 seed. Um, Chip Ness uh, makes it, crashes the semis and loses to Drew Foster. Drew Foster looked amazing the whole tournament, and he goes and gets it in the third period. Chip. And then uh, <laughs> Bracky was calling him Chip, like uh, from, uh, what is it, Talladega Nights? Yeah. So, uh, the whole time. So there's a lot of funny stuff with Chip. But um, so that happens. Drew Foster is a champion for you and I. It's like, holy cow, you could have given me like eight, nine, ten guesses. And I maybe I Bracky and I both will admit it. I didn't have him even placing. I, d- I had him losing in the blood round. I, I, I did. I did. You know, because I had him getting upset by Dupre. That's and why you got you immediately the, called me out. Yeah, that's why you got to look at the path, man. I looked Shut at the, the path. hell what? up. Shut up. Dude. He pinned him in a tilt in a minute at CKLV. Come on. You <laughs> pin a dude in a tilt in a minute. You ain't gonna lose to him in NCAA's. Mm-hmm. And hey, if, don't talk to me about path. And had beaten, we, we and then had beaten ZZ three times in a row. Hadn't lost to ZZ in three years. Come on. I think that's a made-up stat. Not a made-up stat. Look it up. I don't think it was three years. Um, Go ahead. I'll look it up. 
I'll look it up well, right now. Well, he did lose to Max before. Um, yeah, Actually, he had. Congrats what, on what getting Foster had lost, right he now, had lost to, He had lost to Max before. I didn't, but I didn't have him winning. I had him making the finals because he was. Yeah, he had the he, best path, and Shakur's hurt. It was technically he 2017 a, uh, when he when he last beat him. Was it 2017 or 2016? It was 20, part of 2017. 2017. All right, fine. Two years. Long time. And it won three in a row. That is all Fools. true. Congrats on getting one And he did right, own a dude. win. He did own a win. That over was a hard one to get um, right. He was a six seed. Congrats. I said congrats. We're congratulating. Wow. Would you please accept Kyle Brackey's congratulations? His heartfelt congratulations. Can we just – Can we just? I don't feel Foster, like I don't even care about me. Foster – did a good thing for the UNI program and Schwab and Roper and Pew and all those guys. Oh, yeah. I'm so fired up for those guys. Um, awesome win for a guy that didn't win a state title in Iowa. Crazy. Unbelievable. That is insane. It's so and, like, awesome. It's really awesome. Um, so I don't know what else to say about 84. I mean, Foster won. He beat Max Dean. That was uh, awesome. It was a really good, exciting match. 97, There's. I don't think there's much to say other than I was freaking fired up when Willie Nicholas placed. That was awesome to see him go out an All-American, four-timer. Um, and Bo Nickel beat Colin Moore. And not super inspired Bo Nickel, not like trying to annihilate this guy, Bo Nickel. But, um, you know, he got the win. And that, that was about it. He was the best guy all year. He'll certainly win the Hodge. Uh, he will have my vote for first place. And um, Will, are you still giving two Hodges? Yeah, how many Hodges are we going to give out here? Uh, no, I'm going to vote for Bo, but it's really close, man. I mean, it's super close. There's almost no difference. I mean, you, I, you can't sit there and say, yeah, I'm going to – there's this vast discrepancy. One is vastly superior than the other. It's a clear thing. Hey, well, Willie. Hey, Willie. It's clear. You're wrong. Hmm. There's, there's, so let's just move on. I don't know. I mean, I know, I, I know that there's no measurement. I know the numbers, no bad. I know the numbers. I mean, what do you mean I'm wrong? One has more pins, yeah. One uh, should have lost his semifinal. That's, that's not a criteria. Would, uh, that is that dominance is a criteria. Dominance. It's not right. almost lost a match. You're 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 in a dog you're in a dog fight for your life, and Bo Nickel is never touched for the entirety of the year, and that. That is literally it's what dominance literally, is. It's literally a criteria, Willie. Uh, let's read him the criteria. Okay, on the... Okay. Be dismissive. Sure. I am going to be dismissive because you're dismissive. wrong. <laughs> you're wrong about this. You've been wrong the whole time. Just just what, say it. Yes, my... it, is, it is terrible what that Jason Robb will stance, never win. Nomad? We'll never win the Hodge. What was my just stance? Like it's terrible that Ed Ruth never what won was the Hodge. Like you don't even know what you're saying. There are really good guys that don't win the Hodge. Legends that don't win the Hodge. Number seven all-time career points. Say? I said almost losses. That's not a criteria. Bo has had several um, decisions as well. He has a nine-six over Schultz. Okay, he that doesn't never a nine-six over Schultz. Schultz got a last-second takedown, like literally as guys, Bo was I trying to do something cool, and Schultz ran through him. Like that was a whatever. There was never four, a moment where match. Nickel was even approximately in position to lose. I already a match. said I just said I'm voting for Bo. Okay. You guys sit around and table and think what you want to think i haven't <laughs> I think been wrong. wrong i haven't been i haven't been wrong, wrong this whole time you moron i think you're wrong <laughs> you're wrong will you're wrong buddy. wrong on what wrong about what that is def defining what dominance is because almost losing a match yeah being, i'm wrong being with a nail biter I'm defining is, is, with dominance. is not dominance that's that's my no definition shit. everyone else's definition shit from oh my gosh shut up willie
You don't know shit from Shinola, hey. first of all. All right, all right. Willie, right. Willie, right. shut up. All right. Stop that. Don't tell me to shut up. Shut up well, about what? Watch your freaking mouth. You know Where's what? Watch your freaking mouth. <laughs> Good one. Heavyweight. Ksar won. Gable lost. Uh, the finals was was an absolute beatdown. Um, in which White never even gave him a ch gave himself a shot to win. The semi was once again controversial, where they didn't want to give an escape when Gable had clearly escaped. However, get a takedown, take the man down. Uh, he didn't do that. Gable didn't get a takedown. Now he had to chase him. It's hard to ch <coughs> it's hard to take down a guy. He had to chase <coughs> the entire period. That is hard. Um, but at the same time, two things stick out in that match. One, yeah, he chased him the entire first period and he gave up the stall points, etc. And then he got away. But Gable gets taken down, restart. He's just like this. He doesn't move. And to, yeah. to me, it's like this dude rode you out. This dude rode you out to beat you at Big Tens. He can ride you when he has to ride you. And even, you, he did not have the urgency to get away. It was mind-blowing until it was too late. The, even before the restart, but the, the restart's probably more egregious, yes. But when he first got taken down, he literally in a, on his hands and knees and looks at his coaches. Like, what do I do? I don't know. What do you – you get out. You were ridden before by this man. You there need was a to, point where he got to like 45 left. Or like 45 seconds of riding time, and you're like, um, what are you doing? So, I mean, look, I, I, and I want to I see the clock synced um, because I did think it was very odd. And also, uh, yeah, I totally agree with the, uh, with the like, you need to get out and you need to take down. You need to be more urgent. I absolutely agree with that. But going from 102 to 101, I would have. It was one. I, I would have. I would have backhanded that official. It was one hundred three, and got thrown out. But yeah, and be like, this, this is this. Would you give me my brick back for it to go from one hundred two to one hundred one? Yeah, that was. Weird. But you know what? And, and at the same time, it that escape only sends it into sudden victory. It's not like for Gable. Sure. It's not like Gable wins for sure. if he gets that escape because I'll say it again. He did not get a takedown. You got to take him down. You got to get takedowns right and. Gable came out so hard in the beginning. I don't think he could he couldn't sustain it for seven minutes. I think if if it wasn't fatigue, then it was like just no urgency whatsoever on the bottom. And you've got to you got to have them both. You have to have urgency and you have to have a tank against someone like Kassar. And man, I was wrong on this. Was my farm bet, and I was feeling really good about it in through the first period. Mm -hmm. And then, but I it was in the back of my mind. I was like. Can he sustain this for seven minutes? Because I don't, I don't know if he can. And without a takedown, it makes it a lot harder. And so I, while I do think they messed up that escape call, I'm not like, oh, Gable was cheated. Because you know what? There, there's a lot of things that led to him not getting his hand raised that match. And a lot of it was within his control. And it, it's also just a general feeling of, you know, the margins always go Penn State's way. Like, right or wrong, that's just kind of the way it, it always goes. And But also, man, Anthony Kassar worked his tail off and made himself so freaking good. And clearly going up to heavy was the right thing. And it's a great story that he, um, you know, was like, what, a one-time state placer and then a NCAA champ. So, yeah, I, 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 don't, really, I don't really like the way that the semi was officiated, the final, but Kassar. 
Both guys in the finals, I believe, uh, had never AA'd before, right? Correct. Yeah. I don't think Derek White ever <laughs> Derek White was a walk-on. Yeah. At Oklahoma State for two years. Well, no sure money. Kassar was close to that, too, at least when he got to Penn State because he was a one-time Jersey State oh, yeah. champ. They had all that money tied up in sure. you know, the hammer. So I'm sure they get – I mean, it's. I, I tweeted this after he won. I was like, man, is this not more recruiting ammo for Penn State? It's one thing that they get Nolf and Nickel to transcendent levels. They got four or five guys to transcendent levels. And, but now they got this guy – who qualified for New Jersey State's one time, who won it one time, who was hurt and battled all this stuff. They got him to be a national champion against the best high school recruit of all time. Yeah, The greatest high school wrestler we've ever seen is Gable Stevenson mm-hmm. in terms of accolades, in terms of basically everything that's measurable is Gable Stevenson. He beat that guy. So I don't know how you can't, I mean, you know, it, it's, just, it's undeniable. And he beat him twice. Right? I mean, what else can you do but give Penn State tons of credit, right? And how can that not be something you say, okay, hey, New Jersey, good guy, you want to come? There's, Yeah, you might not start the whole time, but this is your best chance to win a national title. And that was something that either Shakur or Kassar said last year. I think it was Shakur. It was Shakur. He's like, I want to win a national championship. This is the place where I can win a national championship. This is where I feel most likely. That's what I want to do. And whether I start or don't start, whatever, this is where I can do it. And, you know, it didn't work. Shakur did not win. But you know what? That's where his best shot was. And same thing for Kassar. He could have transferred. Everyone, I mean, every tier, after last year, I think everyone was like, oh, will Kassar go? Mm-hmm. No, I'm staying here. This is where I can do it. And sure enough, they did it. It's like James English and Jordan Conaway on steroids. Right, like but not on like, steroids. Yeah, I'm not saying Kassar's on steroids. I mean, I mean, like Don't the story, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean the story. I mean the story on steroids, not not the not the athlete. Say but on it's crack. like it's like oh yeah, sure, whatever. No, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it's way better to do crack than steroids. But yeah, so it's like it's like all right, you got Jordan Conaway and James English to place, and a lot of people really didn't expect that. But now it's like okay, you took this guy who we didn't know if he was going to wrestle. He's missed two full years. Yeah. Didn't wrestle a single match. Yeah. yeah. And is now the national champ. Against and he beat Gable. It wasn't like some hollow thing, you know, you found it. Yeah. It's a champ. It wasn't and, like it's, an and it's one thing heavyweight. And because I'll, I'll say this, you know, with, with English and Conway, we see it all the time where you take guys mm-hmm. and they go from okay to all Americans. That's common and that happens in a lot of programs. Mm-hmm. That happens in a lot of programs. What doesn't happen in a lot of programs is Drew Foster is Anthony Kassar, where you take a guy off the grid, Mike Machiavello, off the grid, yeah. not recruited yeah. to national champion. That is what you don't see a lot of, although we've seen it three times in the last two years. Guys who would be, you know, in football and basketball, one and two star guys yeah. that are now first on round top draft of the podium. Picks. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so that was heavyweight, <laughs> two hours and 20 minutes. Um, Willie's blood sugar has to be at a perilous low right now. Um, I'm telling you, no, it's not. It's not blood sugar. It's I need a. I need a fatty in my lip. Stat. <laughs> all right, fatty. Um, Big old hog liver. All right. Um. Well, what? What? what no, Matt's got. I, no, no, I just want to. Shall I prepare the the, the tiers and the? Because like I said, I'm doing these these way totally lineup looks and the tiers and the, the futures and the Olympic red shirt. Should we get all that prepared for next show? Or should we save that for next week? Um. Are you going to be gone Thursday? Oh yeah, Mike. 
<laughs> I got HSCAs. Are you doing a show Thursday? When's next? We're going to Virginia Beach Wednesday. Yeah, I got to look that up. <laughs> Can you call in, Willie? Thursday? Thursday, we could, yeah, we could call on Thursday. Just find an internet. I uh, leave 8 a.m. All right, so he's not on it, but you can, Willie. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, just buy the GoGo in-flight yeah, they Wi-Fi. Yeah, great, great reception on planes. <laughs> that it'll, it actually, timing's perfect. Um, you should be at 30,000 right about 10 minutes into the show. All right, well, we should go. It's 1020. I'm supposed to have, his, I'm supposed to have my uh, one-on-one. Huh? April 2nd. April the second, so the day time. after April Fools. Um, so I'm I'm 21 minutes late for a meeting with my boss. So that's ideal. Um, At least you were legitimately working. Yeah, I'm legit. There's there's evidence. Thank you for playing this out. Maybe I can make the last nine minutes of my meeting. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for all two hours and 21 minutes. Well, not quite. We started a little late. So uh, two hours and 10 minutes. That's about the length of Jaws. So for tuning in for the length of Jaws, that's that means a lot to us. <laughs> Uh, it means a lot to us that you guys tune in. Um, thanks for listening. We will be back Thursday. Nomad will be on a plane. But Willie will be at the beachside. He'll probably have some soft shell crab or perhaps um, some clams or oysters. Um, Harpoon Larry's. Harpoon Larry's. Oh, my gosh. R.I.P. Big fan oh, of Harpoon Larry's. So that's it. We're out. We'll see you Thursday. And uh, have, a, have a great Tuesday. See ya.